Blog Talk Radio. Stand back. There's a hurricane coming through. Anything 
on that front as of yet. Does receiver recruit Sam Bruce stick in the class through signing day? Well, there's only one answer for that. He's committed twice, so he better stick. Um, We do think he will stick. Um, It looks to us like Ohio State thought they were getting him. Uh, It was much rumored that they were. Uh, Today, Ohio State made a move for an athlete in Virginia that they hadn't been recruiting. Um, That suggests to us that they thought that Sam Bruce was going to be in their class. So um, Sam Bruce recommitted last night to the Hurricanes, as you know. And yes, we do believe that he will stick in the class. Why is Miami having such a difficult time getting defensive tackles? And um, the best answer that I can give you on that front would have to be that that's one of the toughest, that's probably the toughest position in the country to recruit. And when you get a late start, you're pretty much dead in the water. Although we do think that Miami still has a shot for Marcel Southall from Duncanville, Texas. He visited last weekend. All the reports are that we've gotten are that he had a great time. His coaches are telling us Miami's very much in it with Oklahoma, Texas, Mississippi, and TCU. And um, we do think that that could be the defensive tackle in this class if there's going to be one uh, this year. Miami seems on the verge of having two to three amazing years at the linebacker position with all the depth that now will be present after the stellar recruiting coup of Shaq Quarterman, Mike Pinckney, and, um, and, um, God, my mind, sorry, my mind just went back for a minute. Um, don't, don't know why, but I'm going to, I'm going to get Zach McLeod. Sorry about that guys. I'm sitting here looking at a million things at once and my mind just went blank. So, um, Miami's in, in, in really good shape at linebacker. And um, with all the depth coming back from last year, and you've got redshirt freshman Jamie Gordner, um, Jawan Young is just going to be a sophomore. Uh, Marquise Gayat will be coming back uh, from his injury situation. Darian Owens is going to return from his injury. So you put him with the guys that have been recruited here in the freshman class, and they should be in pretty decent shape at the linebacker spot going forward, much better than it's been the last few years. And that's not even getting into Jermaine Grace, who's a senior. So um, very, very positive outlook at the linebacker position. Will the present stable of running backs be able to adapt to the type of game that Mark Rick will want to call? And how can... The guys fit into the scheme the way that some of the great running backs that you saw at Georgia did, and it made it a major part of their game. And, you know, obviously there's no Todd Gurley or Nick Chubb on this roster right now, but Miami should be good enough at running back to win. And with a third-year quarterback coming back and Brad Kaya and plenty of skill guys still involved in the offense, uh, the running back position should not be a very big issue. All right, a lot of questions came in about the new Miami football schedule that was announced today. So let's just review it very, very quickly. I personally think it sizes up uh, very favorably uh, for the Hurricanes. Um, You open September the 3rd with a home game against Florida A&M. Then you have a home game September the 10th against Florida Atlantic, which will be followed by a road game at Appalachian State. Now, 
you know, in the past, Appalachian State has had the capability of being a little bit of a trap for some of these uh, top teams around the country and and, and teams from major conferences. Um, But you have to hope that the Hurricanes, three games into the season, will be able to get themselves ready to play for that game, that they will show up prepared and will not get beaten by Appalachian State. Okay, that game, followed by an open week, so now you you got to hopefully assume that the Hurricanes are 3-0 and going into a road game October 1st at Georgia Tech, which to us is one of the swing games of the 2016 season without a question. Um, you know, Georgia Tech typically has the capability, obviously, to present issues with its option offense. Manny Diaz will be facing it uh, here uh, for the first time as a Hurricane defensive coordinator. Um so if you're looking at the Kane schedule and trying to wonder where the toughest spots might be, uh, I think on the, on the road to Georgia Tech has to be considered one of them just because it's a road game and the challenges of facing that option offense for Manny Diaz the first time. Another one, obviously, is the home game October 8th at Florida State. But we got to believe that Miami getting Florida State at home with Brad Kaya now going into year three is probably his best position to win that game this year as it's been in a long time. And uh, so, so we think Miami's got a, got a shot against the Seminoles this year. But obviously that would be game number two that will be a swing game in, in the scope of the overall season. The next week there'll be another one, North Carolina. But the thing that's really good is it's, it seems like the toughest games, even though like these two are back-to-back, are at home this year. And, and, and that should, should help out quite a bit. Um, but obviously North Carolina would be game number three. That would be a swing game in the season. And then five days later, you got to go on the road at Virginia Tech, and that would obviously be number four, uh, even though you got a coaching change transition going on up there. Anytime you got to go to Blacksburg on a Thursday night, that's a tough spot. So that would be the fourth swing game, obviously, in the season. And then nine days later, you're at Notre Dame. To me, probably the toughest out of the year, uh, the trip to South Bend, without a doubt. So um, that would be number five uh, of games that obviously will go a long way towards shaping the final record. Uh, You come back home a week later and you play Pitt at home. Uh, Pitt also should be a very competitive team next year, and so that would be probably your sixth swing game. The next week you go at Virginia – followed by at NC State. And uh, those two road games there are obviously going to be extremely important. Uh, The Hurricanes should be better than those teams and expected to win. And then you finish the season with a home game against Duke. So to me, when I look at this schedule, I think nine victories and I think a chance for 10. I I don't see any reason why Miami can't be very competitive in the ACC race uh, next year. And, uh, you know, I think the schedule really sets up relatively nicely. So we'll be interested in hearing your thoughts on that as we go through the night. And um question came in, why is every game that Miami plays so far against Notre Dame an away game or the game at Chicago? And they haven't had a home game with Notre Dame. And that's just the way the contracts were written. Uh, when It was a, written as a three-game series, the first game in Chicago, the second game in South Bend. And the final game uh, will be at, at Sun Life Stadium. And you know what? That's the price you pay to get Notre Dame to schedule you. The deal was done before Notre Dame agreed to schedule um, D 
the ACC teams on a rotating basis. Uh, so that's just the way it is. And if the Hurricanes continue to advance the program and they keep getting better and better, I think when uh, that home game pops in there, you'll be happy that you have Notre Dame at home at that point in time. All right, now, um, obviously, a ton of questions about recruiting. And uh, we'll try not to go brain numb on Zach McLeod's name this time around. And I'm going to give you a position-by-position review of exactly where we see recruiting stand before we get into the show, uh, because I think that will help frame some of your questions and maybe answer a lot of the questions that you guys have right now all at once. So um, so let me run through that real quick before we get to your calls. Um, obviously, quarterback, you know the deal. Jack Allison's already in school. Uh, running back, Travis Homer, will be the only one in the class. Um, that's done. Now, the place where you got a ton of intrigue right now is at the receiver position. So let's uh, try to catch you up there. Obviously, De- Deontay Mullins has been uh, committed for quite some time. He's rock solid. Uh, Sam Bruce from St. Thomas Aquinas, uh, like like we said, a lot of people thought that he might defect to Ohio State, but he committed to Miami for the second time last night, which was you know kind of interesting. But uh, you know that was that relationship was solidified uh, over the weekend in Sam Bruce's official visit, and last night he definitively said he is in fact going to stick and, and remain a Miami Hurricane. Now, we've been seeing all these ridiculous rumors on Twitter and on the Internet today about Latrell Williams. And somebody somewhere started a rumor that Miami dropped him. And, you know, as you know, when these things get started on Twitter, they tend to catch fire and people believe what they see to be true. Uh, As of this evening, Miami has not dropped Latrell Williams. He remains a commitment in this class and um you know we'll see what happens now you know he has gone kind of quiet and and Tennessee is trying to steal him so we're not saying it's it's not out of the question that he defects before signing day but as of right now he does remain a commit to the Hurricanes and he has not been dropped okay um the next guy I'll talk a little bit about is Randra Chris Davis out of Atlanta um there's been some debate up in Georgia about whether he actually decommitted from Georgia or not. All the information that we have from multiple sources is that he has decommitted from Georgia. Um, right now, we think it's a Miami-South Carolina battle. He will visit South Carolina this weekend, and then we should know more. We expect Davis to be in this recruiting class based on what we've heard at, at this point. Um, but no commitment yet. A guy that is, a lot of people are very interested in, Amon Richards from Wellington, up in the Palm Beach County area. Um, you know, he visited Bama. They're after him very hard. He's going to be visiting Tennessee this weekend with Tyler Bird and Latrell Williams. Um, that's Larry Scott capitalizing on his relationships and getting them to visit Tennessee and, and take a look. But at the end of the day, we believe that all three of those kids will end up in the Miami signing class. Uh, we, we do expect Amon Richards to once again commit to Miami after he takes this visit to Tennessee. Um, obviously, we'll be monitoring it through the weekend, and you'll get the updates 
at canesport.com. Another receiver still in the mix is Javon Wims from Hines, Mississippi Community College. Uh, that's a, a Miami-Georgia battle. He, he's still a Georgia commit, and this one could go either way, but the Canes are still in there battling. And then there's a kid by the name of Elijah Stove from Niceville, Florida, currently committed to Auburn. He'll be visiting Miami this weekend. Even though it's a little bit of a long shot, he is a kid that grew up liking the Hurricanes, and we would not be shocked if he has a great visit, if Miami was able to flip him here at the last minute. But right now, I think you've got to kind of assume he's going to go to Auburn. And then the other guy that we still have on our board uh, is Kelvin Harmon out of the New Jersey area. Uh we're not quite sure where he fits. He's weighing Miami, NC State, Indiana, and West Virginia. Um, a lot of receivers on the board. You know, if you end up getting Williams, Davis, and Richards, uh, that takes you to five right there. And then if you get one more, you get six. We we think the Hurricanes would take six receivers in this class if they can get them. But we're not really sure where Kelvin Harmon from New Jersey would fit in here, and he's probably more of a fallback option. All right, moving on to the H-back tight end spot, you, you know Michael Irvin, son of the playmaker, longtime commit. He's rock solid. We think the Hurricanes are doing really, really well with Giovanni Haskins from Bergenfield, New Jersey. He's a Miami-West Virginia battle right now. He's going to announce on signing day. Uh, we think the Hurricanes got a decent chance there to land Giovanni Haskins, and we'll keep monitoring that, obviously, as we go forward. Um, right now, with the... Uh, the, I guess we'll call it a departure from the hot list, so the hot board of Lucas Nyang out of Connecticut, uh, a guy that we've heard Miami decided they just didn't want. Uh, right now, there's no hot offensive lineman on the board, but there are some leads that we're chasing. We, we do believe that Miami is going to look at at least one other player at this position, and uh when, when we have something concrete to give you, we will. It, it could happen as soon as tonight during the show. If not, you know, maybe by tomorrow. But we are chasing some offensive line leads and uh, hope to bring you some new information about the offensive line position and recruiting in, in the near future. Um, if it doesn't happen tonight during the show, uh, just stay tuned to canesport.com in the next 24 hours, and, and, we, and we think we'll have some more for you. Um, all right, moving on to the defensive line spot. Uh, obviously, Patrick Bethel, already in school. Joseph Jackson from Miami Gulliver, rock solid. Now, Coach Cool was back in New Orleans today, and you know, you know he's been chasing Glenn Logan and Briston Guidry and Willie Allen. Right now, it's not looking like any of those three are coming to Miami, but he – he made a trip back to New Orleans today, and we can only presume he went to take another shot at those kids. We don't know of any other recruits in that area right now that Miami's hot on, uh, so we, we're assuming that that was the purpose of that visit. But as we mentioned earlier, Miami is alive for Southall, the defensive tackle from Duncanville, Texas. And there's a kid visiting this weekend by the name of Tyreek Martin from Valley High School in Alabama, and... Uh, he was once committed to Coach Cool when Coach Cool was at Missouri. And with a great visit, we think there's a decent chance that Tyreek Martin could become a Miami Hurricane. Isaiah Chambers from Houston MacArthur High School, uh, he's a TCU commit. We're not feeling 
really good about that one. And then there's another kid by the name of Kobe Jones, another defensive tackle, who had a good visit earlier this week. Um, we're being told Mississippi State continues to lead there. He's also looking at Alabama and Old Miss. Kid's kind of all over the place. He's fitting five visits in in a week. Uh, so no telling what Kobe Jones is going to do, but he did have a nice little visit to Miami earlier this week. All right, the linebackers, we talked about Zach McLeod, Mike Pinckney, and Shaq Quarterman all committed. Um, defensive backs, uh, you know Cedric Wright is a rock-solid commit, and you know Malik Young is a rock-solid commit. Now, Tyler Bird, we feel, is a solid commit. He is going to visit Tennessee. Uh, that will create a little tension and some uneasy moments, um, but we still believe at the end of the day that Tyler Bird will remain a Miami Hurricane. Um, the Hurricanes are still in the mix for Shaheem Carter uh, out of Kentwood, Louisiana. Um, also considering LSU, Alabama, and Ole Miss, a kid with a lot of options. Uh, he's kind of shut down the talking, uh, not doing any interviews, but um, but his coach has confirmed for us that he remains high on Miami, and they have a chance there. Uh, also have a chance with Romeo Finley out of Niceville. Uh, many think Georgia Tech leads, but he said yesterday it's a UM Georgia Tech Clemson battle. So that one's still very much alive and he'll be visiting Miami this weekend. And the other kid that we think could end up in the class uh is Jeff James and that's Edwin James's nephew out of Orlando. Uh he tweeted a while back that he was committing to Miami. Uh we believe that tweet was was a little premature, but the Hurricanes may in fact uh, end up taking Jeff James, and we'll see what happens there. Uh, Miami's still alive with Christopher C.J. McWilliams, the the Florida commit at a Miami Southwest High. Uh, that one, he, he, I, he's visiting Florida this weekend, and that one could go down the signing day and go either way. And then another one, it's a similar situation, is Henry Miller out of Kissimmee. Right now he's a pit commit, and uh, Miami's got a def- decent shot of landing him. So hopefully that brings you up to speed, what's going on. Uh, continue to follow everything at canesport.com. We'll talk about it here on the show tonight as we move forward. And uh, it's time to go out for, to your calls. The, the number is 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. Remember to hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. And let's begin tonight in the 845 where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Dear Gary, how you doing this week? Greg. Oh, it's good, man. Trying to keep my brain working right, man. This is a lot of data to, to, to see yeah. this through, man. <laughs> I'm, I think I'm losing it. <laughs> right. All right. I'd like to start out by giving kudos to Angel Rodriguez, who I killed last week on the show. He played a fantastic game last night. And if he continues to play like that, I think Miami could do some damage in the tournament. Greg, you're right. I mean, he's the swing guy. He really is. Because, like, when he plays within himself like he did last night and doesn't try to take over the game himself, they, they their, their game goes to a whole nother level. And I thought they, they took Duke's best shot last night. Duke played really, really hard. Coach K had a nice game plan defensively. And – you know, they just outclassed them. And, you know, I mean, to outclass Duke like that is pretty impressive. Yeah. Could you just tell us a little about this Serbian kid from Australia 
do you know anything about him? How yeah, good actually, he's supposed to be? Actually, actually, I do. Um, I, I'm actually going to be writing a story about him, but I figured I would wait till after the football signing day. Um, he and I have been talking back and forth through different communications vehicles. Obviously, with him being Australian, it's not the easiest thing in the world. Um, but he's he's a solid player. He's he's a he's a combo guard. He could shoot the ball really really well. Um, my guess is they'll play him at the two and look for him to be a three-point threat. Uh, but, you know, very, very polished player, guy that's that's got a lot of experience and uh, should help them immediately. All right, let's get into the football recruiting now. Uh, is, have you ever heard of anyone else besides Sam Bruce to commit twice to a university when they never decommitted from that university? I thought it was ridiculous. I mean, I'm disappointed in Sam Bruce. You know, I, I've been telling you guys for a few weeks. I, I, I said that I talked to Sam extensively a couple of weeks ago in Orlando, and Sam flat told me he was coming to Miami. And you know, so I and I've been saying this on the show the last few weeks uh, that I was giving him the benefit of the doubt. You know, even though he wore Ohio State gear up there at the Under Armour game, even though he was keeping everybody, you know, kind of in limbo here through the last few weeks, suggesting that, you know, that there was questions as to whether he was going to Miami. And I do believe Ohio State thought they were getting him. I really do. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, he, he stuck by what he said. And, and you know, he, I, he, didn't, he didn't lie to me. I mean, he told me that he was coming to Miami in Orlando back at the end of December. So uh, we kept him as a commitment. We didn't consider what he did last night another commitment. We considered it a confirmation, <laughs> and right. you know we 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 already had him on the commitment list, so there was no reason to call it a commitment. And you right. know, maybe maybe being a little bit of an attention hound, you know, unnecessarily, you know, maybe he could have handled it all differently. But you know, I hope that answers your question. Well, if he's if he's one quarter as good as his uncle, we'll be in good shape. So anyway, uh, how about this kid Valentine, a guard from Philadelphia? Is there any he, shot with him? No, we've no, he's out. Are he's not, not coming for a visit? No, he's he's, he's out. Okay, now based on of, we had right like now. Craig. Let me qualify based on what we know right now. You know, this stuff changes minute by minute. You know, that's why right. you know, I was joking about how much, how much information we have to process constantly. I mean, this stuff is changing all the time, and we're constantly talking to kids. But as of right now, we think he's out, and he will not visit. All right. Now, give me the three or four guys that you would think are 100% going to be in this class that aren't already in it. That I think will be the in the class? Definite. Well, I just, I, yeah. I, I just, I just went through it. I mean, I think the receivers. Well, do you think? So you think that? Richards is going to be in the class? Yeah, that's why I just I just went through the whole thing. I said that. Uh, I I know that, but I, I was just making sure you, you thought that. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I All right. Now, obviously, we're we're recruiting a lot higher caliber of player under Rick than we were Golden. Do you agree with that? Uh, I'm not ready to say that. I mean. A lot of these kids were were being recruited by by the the old staff. I, I think it it's been hard to come in here in January, but 
you know, there's some good kids that they've been able to add to the mix. No question about it. Some of these receivers look like decent players uh, that that they've added to the mix. I, I think Giovanni Haskins, you know, could be a decent pickup uh, as an H back. You know, I, I think at the defensive line spot, if they can get Marcel Southall, uh, he's a, a little bit of a better player than what they had at the defensive tackle position before. Um, but you know, maybe some of these DBs, I would agree with you. If they end up committing, um, you know, the Romeo Finley kid and the Shyham Carter kid, I would say they're a little bit better. But it hasn't been as easy for the new staff to come in and make a significant impact in recruiting as maybe a lot of people thought it would. And I'm not really quite sure the reason for that, other than it's really, really hard. But you know, right now Miami's 25th in the recruiting rankings. You know, maybe they can drift towards the, the top 20 if they get a bunch of these commitments here uh, coming down the stretch. But you well, know, 15th on ESPN. So yeah, yeah, I guess it depends. But you're not going to throw. You, I, you know, there's not going to be any parades. Okay, it, it, it's like right. it's, it's, it's a good class. You got some really good players, um, but it's not going to be what you're going to hope it's going to be next year when they have a whole year to work. All right. Like one last quick question. I'll hang up. Uh, how many kids do you, out of these last two weekends you think were just uh, came down for a free vacation? You think there were a lot of them or just a couple? No, they've done a pretty good job of, of, of limiting that, I think. I mean, there were, you know, there were a couple maybe, but they've done a really good job of of really limiting kids doing that. All right. Thanks again, Gary. Pleasure to All talk right. to you. Thanks for kicking us off. Thanks, Greg. All right, let's go now to the 404. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, what's going on, man? How you doing, man? It's Roland from New Orleans. What's up, Roland? How you doing this week? I'm good, man. I'm good. Doing all right? Yeah, doing good. Doing good. Okay. Man, I'm going to tell you what, man. Uh, some of them D-tackles in uh, New Orleans, man. It's some it's come a little a little weird about that picture that LSU get all those defensive tackles. Yeah, it's, it's, what, it's, boy. It's, it's typical. They're paying well at LSU. They cut the check. No uh, comment. I know, I know, I knew you were gonna say that. I'm gonna tell you that kid Logan, uh, that D tackle at uh, Destrahan. I think he really. I, it's something was weird about that because he was supposed to come down on a uh, recruiting visit, and then all of a sudden, everything just got shut down. I'm going to tell you, man. I'm going to tell you. That's how it goes in recruiting, man. How about about Calvin Ridley? How about the the best of all time was when Calvin Ridley was going to commit to Miami at the Florida Fire tryouts, and it was on Super Bowl Sunday, and everyone's out there, and it's going to be this big story, and – he and Sean Burgess Becker just decided, oh no, we were only kidding. <laughs> in the middle, <laughs> all you know, in the middle of the, of the workouts, like what the? And you're sitting there saying, like, what the heck happened? You know, and people are giving up their Super Bowl Sundays to go out and cover these guys, and all of a sudden, you know, everything changed, and they ended up at Alabama. Let me tell you, the same thing with the LSU getting their kids, uh, Rashawn Lawrence, number one D tackle in Louisiana. First of all, Gary. I, I understand you, you could pick up one or two, you know, two, maybe three decent tackles. But you're getting in, you're bringing in five or six decent tackles at, at LSU. And I'm not talking about just guys that just, 
that's just going to just uh, occupy space. We're talking about guys that can play. I mean, that's the thing that kills me. They give Miami hell for any little thing, but I'm trust me, Gary, I'm not going to speak about it. it, it trust me, there's it, so much going on with LSU. It, well, you know, I mean, every school, man, every school. But um, I just think that uh, I, I would hope we could get one of those kids from uh, from uh, New Orleans, man, from home uh, to uh, come down to Miami. But I just think that the way it's looking, um, those checks <laughs> just a little too big right now. Uh, what's going on at, at, at uh, in Baton Rouge? Um, but we need we, we definitely need some deep tackles, man. We you know it it would be good to have bring bring a, you know at least one or two in where we could release red, red shirt. You know what I'm saying? At least get a guy that's two fifty, two seventy, red shirt, and put twenty thirty pounds on him. You know um, because. Uh, um, I think it's. A, I mean, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, in, as far as uh, possible. I mean, I know we have a, a number of guys as far as D tackles, but I mean, who do you think who the D T position where they have a really, really good shot? I kind of miss. I know you you went to di- different positions, but I was. I think I missed a um, little bit on the D tackle. I think the only one that they have a real shot at is Marcel Southall, based on the information we have right now. Okay. And then Logan deal is done, right? He's he's staying. Well, it looks that way. All the coach Coach Cool was back in New Orleans today. I'm sure that was on his agenda, trying to change that situation. How how ironic is it, Gary? That and I I keep to tell you this every show that you get the defensive tackle coach at um, that came out of Missouri, and guy just been in position for less than three or four months, and he's going automatically to Louisiana. Especially to New Orleans, like I've been telling for, for I don't know how long that he's going. You know, which is what we're going to target New Orleans for. It's a good place to go you recruit, know. Roland, because you only have to beat one school there. <laughs> it's like now other there. people go there too, but yeah, you only got to beat one school, so you take your shot. You yeah. know, you got Garrett, and then I keep telling you, people, everybody love Miami, but you you got to just at least have a presence, man. At least have a presence, and so I like the way. The staff is really making emphasis on focusing on specific areas. Yeah, no doubt. tackle again. You know what I'm saying? Instead of just grabbing, I'm not going to talk about the past, but just a different outlook and a different focus on what direction that they want to go in. Even if they, even if they, even if they don't get those kids from New Orleans, I really respect that they made the effort to go down there. You know what I'm saying, Gary? Even if they don't land them, they they put they put their footprint in. At these specific high schools, and now they understand that okay, Miami's really big into they they want kids from from the from home from the Wallace to come to Miami versus you know from the outside looking in, man. So um, um, I'm just uh, I'm excited, man, to see what the future brings. I, I looked at their schedule, man. There's no way in the world a team should lose. They should win at least. They should win nine games easily. That's nine what I games. think. I don't disagree, Easy, Gary. Come on now. You look at that schedule. You got what Virginia, you got Duke, State. She wish she was gonna be a competitive competitive game. You don't know who who the quarterback's gonna be. You got um Georgia Tech uh, in Atlanta, which I I mean I, I feel really good about. Um Appalachian State. I mean you know, the schedule's I mean, I I see ten games. I really do know the Well, Dame. they're never as easy as they be. look on paper. In January, but sure. I mean, it, it's set up for Mark Richt 
to really be able to make a splash in year one. There's no doubt about it. I agree. So when they when they finish up this year, they'll get the full twenty five scholarships back for the, the, the you know with the sanctions and all that. I know all that's pretty much done, but will Miami get all the full scholarships? Yeah, no, they'll be, they may already be done with that. We we're not really sure, but uh, we haven't gotten an accounting statement. But uh, if if they're yeah, not done, yeah. they're they're close enough to where they're going to be done after this class. Yeah, no doubt about it. Okay. Okay. Cool, man. Just put me on hold, man. I appreciate you uh, taking my call, and I'm letting know you got a lot of other people calling, man. I don't want to just keep yapping. I want to you got it, man. Hey, thank you for being part. Of, keep me on, keep me on being, hold. Appreciate you it, got it. Thanks. Thanks for being part of the show. All right, let's go out now to the six, seven, eight. You You're live. See somebody like that, like that's terrible. Okay, I'm putting you back on hold because you're talking to somebody else right now. Let's go to the seven five seven. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Is it me? That's you. Oh, how you doing? <laughs> I'm good. Who's this? This is Joe. What's up, Joe? I've been a Kane. How you doing? I've been a Kane fan forever. <laughs> back in the Mike and Irving days, and back yeah, well. in the Jim Ke- Jim Kelly days. <laughs> I think you're surrounded by just, a lot of guys like that on the show tonight. So welcome. Oh yeah, I'm in Virginia now, but I'm from Miami, and um, I live in Virginia now, and I've just been listening to everything. And I've been paying real close to everything also. And I just I want to just go back a little bit and talk about um, the offensive line. And I spoke about it earlier, and I was texting, and all of a sudden they let go Kehoe. Now, I, I, mind me, I like Kehoe, but I seen the offensive line not knowing what they was doing when Kehoe was there. Even when we was in the Peach Bowl, I remember, and LSU blew us out. And I would say it right then and there that this offensive line with Kehoe is not going to make it. And I look up, right, got rid of him, and boom, soon I said something. So I was like, I think the Kings are moving in the right direction. So I just wanted to get that out there because I hadn't had a chance. <laughs> but but going back to the um, – the recruitment. I um I thought Tyler Bird was solid, and now it seems like he's like changed his mind. He's wavering, and he wants to go uh, take a visit to Tennessee. And my um, to my opinion, I think you just let the kids go. You know, if they want to, they want to take their visit. Fine, because we have a lot of kids that come to us and still go elsewhere. You know, it's not it's not nothing solid here. You know, so. I think that um, I think we just we we shouldn't worry about all that. We should just um, concentrate on the things that we can do and what well, in the things that we can't do. We just you know hope for the best. Well, I think and, when one of your top recruits goes and takes a visit the weekend before signing day, you're always going to be concerned. You know, until he comes back and says I'm still coming, you know, you're 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 going to have some anxious moments. I don't think there's any question about it. Yeah, that's true, but you can't stop it. That's the thing about it. You can try, no. but if no, you, 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 you can try, but <laughs> you can try to stop it. I'm sure they have. I mean, I'm sure they tried to tell him, please, you know, don't go visit. But the kid right. wants to go have a good time, you know. And you got to remember, in, in these situations, Larry Scott was involved with the kids when he was the interim head coach and an assistant in Miami, and now he's at Tennessee. So he has a relationship with those kids and their families. And that's why he's largely why he's able to get them to visit. Yeah, that's true. That's true. 
And but it makes him look I, I, good. It makes him look good up there in Knoxville, absolutely. you know, that he's getting these kids to visit. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's probably another reason why Tennessee wanted him too, you know, to pull recruits from Florida. So it's yeah. a good strategy. Look look what Alabama did with Cristobal. I mean, we yeah. had that guy. <laughs> I hate he left, you know. I don't know how Al go to let him get away, but he let him get away. He was definitely uh, got retained if he was there. They so, blew it. Absolutely blew they it. They blew it. Exactly, you know. So I've been sitting here watching all this over and on. I've been watching Napier Close daily, every day. You know, I'm a true heart, die hard fan. I bleed it. And I've been watching every day. Every chance I get, I'm on the computer looking at any sign and who's going to get a, who's thinking about coming. And we can't get DTs. And that's been our golden and not even before our golden, that's been our problem. We can't get the, the big guys, the pass rushers that we had in the past. We cannot get those type of guys. We can get the DEs, the strong side DEs. We can get the weak sides. But we need, I mean, we need uh, uh, pass rushers. We need DTs, uh, uh, run stoppers. You know, we, we're not getting that. And that's really what's killing us. No pass rush. And the coaching staff, uh, uh, Golden, didn't make it no better. But at the same time, you know, I had to look at Golden. I didn't slam him too much because he was working with what he had. He said that if he had those type of guys, he probably would go with the 4-3. Now, people saying that, uh, what's those guys' name? Kumaru and uh, Her- um I can't think of the other guy name. I know it's Kumalu, the African guy, and it's another guy. I was looking at. I think it was they number was they was they played in the senior bowl game out there in California, if I'm not mistaken. And they were saying how these guys was like nobody couldn't stop them, you know. And and <laughs> they was like, what's going on? So you know, I want you to, if you can elaborate on that for me. Uh, a little well, every, better. Every, every, everyone on the board and, and on the show would tell you it was all Mark D'Onofrio's fault, and it was scheme. You know the way the kids were being used. Right, but you don't think it's the competition that they play against because because it's like it's three different types of bowls, senior bowls. You know, it's a, it, yeah, it, it 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 could be a combination of things. In all honesty, uh, I mean exactly. Kamalu, so I, Kamalu for the most part was a disappointment as a hurricane, but maybe it was maybe a lot of it was the way he was being used. That's true. You know, and another thing, too, that I'm so happy Mark Rick is back, and uh, anybody, could have been Bush Davis, don't don't matter. Those guys didn't have no discipline. They gave away that game at Washington State. I mean, they literally gave it away, undisciplined. You know, beat themselves. No, Washington State couldn't do nothing. So those guys was playing good for, for Larry Scott and those coaches. You know, after Golden left, they was playing their hearts out. I wish they played like that all year long because they really was playing their hearts out. And that defense, was they shut them literally out the second half. They could have won that game easily. I mean, they they had so many drops, so many touchdowns dropped back. They had punt returns for touchdown. They had touchdowns drop and uh, um, I mean, it was just just unbelievable the the, the amount of uh, mistakes that they made. I mean, touchdown pushing, touchdown holding, it was everything. You know, they basically gave that game away. They could have won easily. So that's what I'm saying. That this 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 team here is not just about talent. They need discipline. You know, it's it's good to have talent, but discipline and playing the game the right way will get you further in the day than just talent. So, you know, that's my thoughts about it. All right, man, fair enough. Um, Thanks for being part of the show.
Oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I just listen I continue to listen in and um I just hope we that you know, this class here we can just we can we can just make progress and do better. Look better than we looked before. That's all I care about. Well, you know. they got to they got to finish strong here in the last week, uh, get themselves into the top 20 in the recruiting rankings and then uh move on t- to next year. So anyway, thanks thank you for being part of the show like I said and give us a call next time. Let's try the 678 again. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's going on, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? Oh, this Kane's junkie. What's up? Hey, what's up, junkie? I tried I, to bring you on a few I, minutes ago, man. You had you had a lot yeah, going on. Man. Oh man, I was looking at this video, man. This, this chick kept, <laughs> I guess somebody kept bumping into her, and then she she dropped something, and then she appeared down to pick it up with a little dress on. She had on a little skirt, a little dress. Had you, man, had you, distra- had you distracted it me there, up huh? bad, man. It All right. me up bad, like. All right, well, now, 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 focus on 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 the canes. What you got for us tonight? Yeah. Um. Do you do you look at um, Bounder, um, uh, and and Mike Rump? When when you look at that, and um, John Rick, do you think that's like a trial? Or like that, like Rick gonna do that to like have a certain time period to see, you know. Are they able to do this at that level? You know, that's hard, that's a hard something? question to answer, man. That really is. I mean, you know, it was, a, it was a little bit of a surprise. You know, I mean, Mark Rick didn't have budget limitations, and I think everybody kind of expected he would go out and get himself veteran coaches, proven guys. But you know, he decided to uh-huh. experiment a little bit there at the DB spot with those two guys. And um, but I, I don't know if I would classify it as an experiment. Uh, I, I will say this. Usually when head coaches take over and they put a coaching staff together, very rarely is that first staff that starts year one the the staff that they end up with a couple years down the road. So there might be you know one or two, three of these guys that might switch it out at some point and, and other guys might come in. But uh, I don't think it would be fair to pick those two out and, and call them an experiment. I mean, not just, you know, because, like, being around this type of game, you know, uh, recruiting, uh, spotting big-time talent. Because, like, it's, to me it seems like, like for one, I, how how Burns and, and Eubanks don't even, you know, like, like you will show love to coaches around the world, but you won't show love to the to person who put you in this position – and well, to be able to get courted by all these big timers, like, to me that's that, just that's almost yeah, like a red right. flag. It, but here's what it tells you: it tells you they didn't really have that deep of a relationship with their with their coach, and, and that's not a given, by the way. I mean, there's a lot of kids that aren't that close with their coaches. I mean, I can see, I can understand how Ice Harris can have that kind of disconnect because he, you know, like. He, be late late forties. But I mean like somebody like Rump age who will almost be like how how the young Harris it, who who went to FIU would be towards the kids. Like he can still kinda relate. Like with Ice Harris, you know it's a whole different lingo. It's a whole different music. It's a whole different generation. It's like a whole nother Miami where Ice Harris grew up opposed to, like, with Mike Rump. Not, I mean, he's not from Miami, but he's South Florida, so 
you know, he he's not too far gone. He played in the 2000 era. But, you know, Ice Harris can tell you about the 70s, you know, in Miami in the 80s and when Miami wasn't how it is now, like when it was like, you know, you didn't want to come to Miami, you know, you had all this, the rioting going on. But now it's like if you can relate like Thomas Brown on the level, he like he's and Mike Rump, they're like the same age. And you can see how he can, like, my, like Thomas Brown is, because he's been around this game. It's like, for you to be a young recruiter and and you not have a connection to, like, your main guys, to me, it's almost like a red flag going up. I mean, I just, that was, like, big. Like, they wouldn't even consider a midweek or anything. And, you know, how how we can, like, just, Forget Jamel Cook. Like, how can we just forget about him when he's sitting right there? And you know, rumors going around he indecisive. You know, he you know he might be not all the way fully committed. His head all he, over the place. He he was jerking them around, from what we heard. He was jerking the coaches around, and they decided, you know what, forget it. That that was jerking what we heard about Jamel Cook. That he wasn't one hundred percent interested he in Miami, and they found out. Straight. From what we heard, you know, just was wasn't being definitive on what he wanted to do, whether he really wanted to consider Miami or not consider Miami, and they've got all these other DBs they're recruiting, so they decided to move on. Okay, so you, now uh, if he called up tomorrow and said, "You know what, I want to come to Miami," would they revisit it? Maybe, but so we don't believe that pool, that's going to happen. Where will Mike Rump pull? come from because like we can't land a kid from Palm Beach seem like forever and when we do they be commit um um Broward County you know it, it, it was good to us a little bit but you know it's it's kind of like those areas seem like that would be where he would make his name in, in, in Broward and Palm Beach I mean Miami we should be good with all with Diaz with Rick uh with Thomas uh, and what might we should be good in day, but I mean like for a lot of the Palm Beach, like is this those the areas where he'll make his name? Like schools that we you know we've never been able to really get into. We don't know yet. You know, I mean, I think you got to go through a full cycle. You know, this coming in with a month or three weeks and trying to throw, you know, you know what up on the wall and stuff, and 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 steal a couple kids here or there is all fun and fine. But you won't really know until you go through a full cycle and see who's able to get in with whom and, and and how good those players are and are they competitive for the top players around the country and in South Florida and and we don't really know that yet. Is now is heritage is is it like a school where like kids, you know, they might not live in that zone, but they make a way to get there. Like maybe not yes. like a St. Thomas, but like a Booker T. It's well, very much I'm, like it, it, I'm close. But it, I'm it's a lot more like St. Thomas than a Booker T. Right. It's, it's a very, it's a very upscale, point. prestigious private school. And big time was want to play there because they can win, and the head coach is Mike Rump. So that's my point. Like these guys, you don't recruited them already. Yeah. Well, they didn't. You know, the kids that were there didn't decide to consider Miami. So. Kind yeah, of um, I, I don't. If you want to call it disappointing, it's fine. But uh, you know, I don't think it's a given that every kid has a great relationship with his high school coach. In fact, we okay, see all the I'm time right. kids 
that have zero relationship with their high school coach and or the high school coach is not very involved at all. So, I mean, we see it all the time. So it's it's no big deal to us. Right. Do you think that's the case with Banks and Barnes? With you, Banks I and mean, Barnes? Kind of obviously is the case, right? <laughs> I mean, you, I don't, mean you, don't, I don't know. you don't see either one of those kids visiting. Considering. Not even considering. Or even considering, visiting. right. You don't see it, right. So kind of um, obvious that's the case. With our schedule next year, um, you know, get uh, get away from that. Um, with our new stadium, uh, do you see like, do you really see like an impact in the in the community? Would you know? I mean, obviously after the Maryland game, you know, it was a disconnect from okay, like I don't think we want to. You know, I can see why the you know the the the, the crowds just fell off. But even like you know, we we say okay when we was at the height. The Orange Bowl still wasn't selling out every week. That's one thing. All right, but no, they had the same attendance problems at the Orange Bowl that they have at, at this stadium. People forget that right. like the attendance problems have been the same in both places. The difference is right. they keep screwing up the seat assignments at Sun Life Stadium. They keep spreading the crowd all over the place. I don't understand what they're doing. They're 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 overthinking <laughs> it. They're trying to squeeze. Every last dollar out of out of out of the situation, and they're making mistakes. It's like there's no reason in the world to have any fan sitting in the upper <laughs> end zone at that stadium for any game other than Florida State. Now, is that because of the ticket sales? Yeah, it's because they have By different the levels of, of of tickets, and 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 they're tying them into Hurricane Club donations and everything else, but. They don't understand the damage that they are doing to their program when you have all those empty seats that are on national TV every week. Right, and with the stadium, but so with the, that's my thing. With the new sunlight, with they the need new to stop sunlight. spreading the crowd out and get the crowd consolidated. Does the new sunlight? Uh, does it? Will now? Will the new sunlight compare? To like when the, when these kids go on visits and all that. Yeah, the new sunlight's not on beautiful, but if you spread the crowd all over the place, it doesn't solve the problem. They got to consolidate the crowd. All right, listen, let me let some other people get on now. Uh, thank you so all much right. for being part of the show, and give us a call again next week, okay? Yeah. All right, man. Thank all you. Right, keep me on. You got it. You're on. Um, all right, let's go now to. Well, first, let me say the number is six four six five nine five two zero four eight six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Hit the number one if you want to come on the show. Let's go out to the 305 now. You're live on Tame Sport Live. Hey, how you doing tonight? Doing good. Who's this? Yeah, this is Barry Kane. What's up, Barry? Yeah, hey, why aren't we going after more junior college offensive line? The line's terrible. Or maybe um, fifth-year transfer for tackles or guards. I'm surprised. Man. I'm, I'm surprised. I, I do think that you're going to see an offensive lineman or two pop on pop in here and in fact we're working on a couple right now that that we think are getting into the mix and you know if not tonight by the by tomorrow we we should you should start seeing a story or two on canesport.com about some late offensive line prospects coming in or at least one if not two um so watch for that tomorrow on the website but I'm kind of surprised, like you. I I I thought that Mark Rick would look at that offensive line and Stacy Searles would look Terrible. at that offensive line Terrible. and say, "Oh my freaking god!" Okay, because that is not what a a top shelf 
Division One offensive line should look like. And no disrespect to any of those kids, it's not their fault that they were recruited by Miami when they're not that level of player. And it's not the kids' fault. And I feel bad for them because there are a few of them that are never going to play at this level that don't belong. And, you know, but it, it, it creates an enormous problem for the program. Yeah, and going back to um, Kyle Wright, um, Coach Keogh kept getting a pass every year just because he was, uh, you know, he's a 100% cane through and through. But as a coach, man, you remember Kyle Wright had no time to throw. I mean, he, he – it was my, – my point is that um, Coach Keogh has been, been terrible for years, and we've been, uh, you know, brought him back and uh, – there was no coaching up at all, and I'm just well, glad I mean, that they got rid of. You know, Art, like you said, Art's a, Art's a true cane. Yeah, and he, he's um, done. And he, you know, he's not he's not at Miami anymore. Probably never will be again. And there's no reason let's not kick him out the door. You know, it's over, and the mistakes that were made were made, and it is what it is at this point. What's the, what's going on with the practice facility? We need to get indoor. Um, we need to get that but, going. What's going on with that? They got to raise money. They 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 look. They need a big donor to get it started. And How close is that? It's not close until they get a big no. donor to to step up and get the campaign started. Then it's it can't get done. But uh, they're they're working hard at it, and it could, it could get close very quick if they can get somebody to step up and write a check. Yeah, I'm super happy with. You know, I mean, it's a twenty. You're talking about a twenty million dollar project. They probably yeah, need half. Yeah, I know. Half. I know. And they've been building every year. They've added stuff, but it would, would be nice to add that, though. Well, you know, they probably need half of that twenty million to get it started. To get started, yeah, but they've and, done and a get, great and job. To get and, that, you're going to need somebody to write a five million dollar check, probably, to even yeah. get it, you know, just to get it going. Yeah. Hey, Gary, great job, man. Thanks for having the show. You're doing a great right, job. Keep thank, it up. You, thank, thank you. Thank you. Being, oh, thanks for being on it. And give us give us a call again next week. Let's go out now to the seven five seven. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hello. Yes, sir. That's you. Hey, Gary. How you doing? Doing good. Who's this? Uh, this is uh, Ad Anthony from Virginia. Hey, what's up, Anthony? Talk to us. Hey. Uh, so, kind of posted something on the board yesterday. Uh, Mike Farrell seemed to be dogging out uh, Mark Rick's uh, efforts at recruiting, and uh, kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that. And maybe follow up with a, another question for you. Well, I think I, I thought he was very fair. I mean, to be honest with you, I, I mean, when you had the big splash of Mark Rick coming into Miami, and I think that there was the assumption that he would make a, a big immediate impact that. All of a sudden, some top recruits would be very interested in Miami, and the Canes would get their fair share of it. And to this point, that just didn't materialize. And so I, I think Mike Farrell was very fair in his comments. Now, um, Miami presently um, is, is around number 31 in the rivals' rankings, and I think that they have a chance if they get these commits that are that are sitting there right now, they have a chance to finish in the top 20. You know, if they get these, you know, four, five, six kids that look like they might come, I, I think they'll pop into the top 20, which, all things considered, wouldn't be terrible for this year. No, I, I agree. I thought, you know, if they got top 15, I thought that would be – he would have hit it out of the park. I just think, uh, all all things considered, having a short amount of time, I thought it would have cut him some slack on that, on that sense. And as a fan, and maybe here's another question for you, 
it seems like we're going after uh, higher caliber talent with uh, Rick at the controls. What do you think? I yeah, I think the talent evaluation's much better, no doubt about it. Um, and you think he's going to be able to press that going forward, or is this just? Uh, oh, the I think other it's only going to get better. Too. Yeah, I think it's only going to get yeah. better. Listen, coming out of the SEC for 15 years, the one thing that Mark Richt unquestionably knows is what players are supposed to look like and what kind of talent is necessary to win at a high level. So, you know, Al Golden didn't have that, and that was one of the biggest reasons for his failures. And, uh, yeah, I, I do. I think that you will continue to see this get better and better. Uh, a quick question on the scheduling. How much how much say does a school have in their schedule when it uh when they're putting the putting the whole thing together? They, um, do you know how that at, I assume you're talking about in terms of the conference schedule. Right. Because they have a total say in their non conference schedule. Where where they right. lose some say is in the conference schedule. Now the teams that they're playing and where they're playing them is set in stone. Nobody needs say in that because that's that's not arbitrary. That's that's totally set in stone. You could look and see who Miami's going to be playing for the next, I think, ten years or so. That's how far out the ACC goes with that stuff. Um, but what the league does is they work with TV and they decide who's going to play whom and when. And uh, at that point, the schools can tend to lose lose control in those situations. Yeah, because if they I were mean, trying to the question... they were trying to accommodate everybody and do exactly what every school wants, it would probably be impossible. Uh, I do think that there are times when they try to look out for their teams that might be, you know, national title competitors and, you know, try to do the right thing by those, by those teams. And Miami maybe doesn't get the type of shake in that situation that maybe it should, but if you, if you're from down here, but at the same time, that gets earned, too. And Miami's got to start winning. And I think when Miami wins and becomes the type of team that the ACC thought they were getting when the Hurricanes joined the conference, I think you'll see them get a better benefit of the down scheduling. But you know what? I mean, the schedule for this year is not bad at all. I mean, you know, you would like to have a few more days in between that North Carolina game uh, and the Virginia Tech game. I don't think there's any Absolutely. question about that, you know. You know, I think I think that's a that's a tough spot in the schedule. Um, you're going, you know, but for the most part, it's not a bad schedule. You know, I mean, I, mean, uh, I know Notre Dame; they're not going to budge from. I, I think that's a good spot right there, uh, October 28th with Notre Dame. I was just yeah, thinking, maybe, I mean, ideally, maybe a better I way. In September. I, I think that would have been a good game to play in September, but Notre Dame obviously didn't have yeah. a spot open in, in their schedule in September, so they're playing in an October. I think it would have been better just to see maybe a Duke or UVA somewhere in you know somewhere in October to kind of break break up that gauntlet of Georgia Tech, Florida State, UNC, you know, BC yeah, well, there. Let's, let's but, not let's not get carried away here. You're, I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know that I would call it a gauntlet. Okay, <laughs> I mean, I'm not ready well, to call it a gauntlet. I mean, Florida State will have a decent team next year. But I'm not ready to call Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech at the state that they're at with coaching changes and things, and um, I'm not ready to call it a gauntlet. Okay, it's, it's it's a stretch that gets your attention, but no reason in the world you shouldn't win at least three out of those four games. 
Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I agree they should. It's just, I guess it's, you know, the, ten, the last 10 years of how do we lose to that team, <laughs> you know, always coming back to haunt us. Well, that's why you change coaches. You know, you're hoping yeah. that's going to change here. Okay, Miami should be a perennial 9-10 win team, win 11 games every now and then, and then maybe if the stars really align, contend for a national title. But, you know, the seven-win deal, six wins, seven wins, eight wins, uh, you got to hope now with a new coach that that's a thing of the past. Hopefully. I appreciate the time, Gary. Anytime, man. Thank you. Thank you for being part of the show. Give us a call again next time. Thank you. Yep. All right, uh, one hour down, and now I think would be just a great moment for me to say a few words about our sponsor once again this evening, everybody's favorite. You've been seeing the posts on the message boards. A lot of guys are ordering and getting their shipments and seeing what I've been talking about this entire season. And, of course, that is nuts.com. And uh, I know everybody out there gets hungry at times during the day. Um, I know oftentimes, you know, chasing all this recruiting information down and everything else that we do at Kane Sport, I know I often don't have time to go out for lunch and I, I need a lot of snacks. And that's why at least once a month I try to get a box delivered to my house from Nuts.com with all of the the, the great things that, that they have to offer you guys, which I'm going to tell you about right now. And, uh, it's really easy to order from Nuts.com. They have an incredible website um, and really just an incredible selection, thousands of snack items that every member in your family could find something that they like. And um, I know everyone in the Furman household here has their different favorites, uh, whether it be the dried fruits or the, or the chocolate items. And um, if your wife bakes, they, they're, they're great with uh, different ingredients um, for, for baking, different flours and spices and grains and you know powders to put in your smoothie. So um, Nuts.com really has something for just about everyone. And right now, new customers – can get four free samples, choosing from over 50 options, a $15 value. When you go to nuts.com, you click on the microphone, and you enter the code name Canes. And um, nuts.com is the, is the simple and convenient way to have nutritious, delicious, healthy nuts and so many other tasty treats from around the world delivered straight to your door. Since 1929, this family-owned business has prided themselves on delivering the best of nuts and dried fruit that you'll find anywhere. They have only the freshest products from the best suppliers in the world. That easy-to-use website lets you search for exactly what you're looking for when you're looking for it. You can buy items by the case. You can buy them by the pound. And every single item offered by Nuts.com is 100% satisfaction guaranteed. And when we talk about Nuts.com, we're talking about more than just nuts. Like I said, you could choose from more than 3,000 healthy snacks that cater to any diet restriction, including dried fruits, apricots, figs, dates, strawberries, raspberries, blueberries, sweet treats, chocolate-covered nuts, every flavor of gummy bear, monkey munch, which I know is a favorite of a lot of guys on the site based on what I've been seeing on the message boards, cooking and baking goods for the wife, as I mentioned, the almond flowers, chia seeds, spices, grains, any powder you want to throw in your smoothie, options for sugar-free diets, 
um, paleo-friendly diets, certified organic diets, certified gluten-free diets. They have coffees and teas, over 39 different kinds of coffee, over 170 flavors. If you need a gift to take to somebody's house or a party, they'll make up tins and custom trays for you, baskets, buckets of nuts, whatever you want. So nuts.com, a great place for you to go and get the snacks for your household. And right now, new customers get four free samples to choose from, over 50 options, a a $15 value when you go to nuts.com and enter the Kane Sport Live code name Canes. That's nuts.com, enter the code name Canes for four free samples with your order. Go to nuts.com to get full details on this order. All right, let's get back now to your phone calls. Again, the number is 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. And let's go out now to the 347. Hey, Gary, what's going on, man? This is Kwame. Hey, what's up, Kwame? How you doing this week? I uh, cannot complain. Um I'm interested, uh, listening to the back and forth, and I'm I'm interested in whether or not you would, you know, whenever Coach makes himself available, if you would put that question to him regarding the seating arrangements. Uh, Because I want to know what type of control over this program he has. I don't think Uh, he has a frame of reference on that, Kwame. I mean, you know, he's never, you know, well, that's not really. I, I don't think that's his department right now. You know, that's the that's the administration. That's the marketing department. The people that sell the tickets. And I hope that they're help on that understand. case because they, help, this is the second time Kwame in the stadium that they've botched this. In my opinion, they botched it when they moved to the stadium the first time, and they botched yeah. it this time when they redid all the seats. Help me understand, uh, because you know you see these documentaries about how it's. Schellenberger and, and what he did as far as marketing, how he was sort of a hands-on CEO type of coach. What do we know? Have any sort of details about his contract and, and, and what things he's going to be privy to as far as his relationship Rick, with the AD? Mark Richt is the is is the new king in town. Okay, he can have an opinion on anything he wants. Okay, but I don't think he's going to go start micromanaging the seat assignments at the stadium that he's never walked into yet. Okay, that's not happening. Hmm. And there's plenty I mean, of people, maybe it's just me. Plenty of people working in the athletic department a, that touch that area of the deal. And if we see it and see how necessary it is, I got to believe they see it. And I personally will be surprised if it isn't addressed in some way, shape, or form before next season. It, it definitely needs to be. And I'm well, going to ask, I'm going to try to remember to ask. I, I would ask that. that. Some, I, I mean, if not to Rick, I think that question needs to be put to the AD. I mean, you've got you had. Yeah, no, I'll uh, if they're looking at that. I will next time I see them. I appreciate that. Uh, let's get to recruiting for a little bit. Uh, I, obviously, you know, uh, we're looking at defensive line. We need help there. Um, I have to agree with the other callers here. I don't, I don't know what it is. I, I, as far as our inability to really lure. Uh, top-level D-tackles. We've got Rocky McIntosh and Norton out of last year's class, but we're not getting those kind of caliber guys at the clip that the other schools are. 
it's probably a scheme. Kwame, let, me, let me tell you something. That's the hardest position to recruit in college football, and here's why. Number one, South Florida doesn't produce a lot of those kind of guys. Okay, So you're usually having to go out of your area, and you could say the same for just about anybody. I know Louisiana seems to produce a lot of defensive linemen, and an earlier caller was talking about how LSU seems to get most of them. But usually when you're recruiting defensive linemen, because it's such a tough position to recruit, because the talent is so spread out, you've got to go outside your home area to try to get to try to get those kids, okay? So that makes it hard from the, from the get-go, okay? Then the next thing you got to deal with is the fact that because it's so hard to recruit those guys, that there's a lot of funny business that goes on in the recruitment of defensive tackles. There's a lot of street agents that get involved, um, you know, obviously, you know, some other things without, you know uh, – Obviously, getting specific. I mean, we we, anybody, we all know. Yeah, we, we all know, Gary. But, but you know the deal, and it, it's a tough position to recruit, and it's certainly going to be tough when you're taking a job at the, at the end of December and you're coming in. You got three weeks of recruiting left, and you're trying to go out and, rec- and recruit kids. And you know, Coach Cool is considered one of the best defensive line coaches in the country, but he came from Missouri. Okay, and Missouri, you know, was not necessarily going to be on some of the type of kids you're talking about, you know, certainly not more than one or two of them. So the point is it's a tough it's a tough deal right now, and I think you need a full cycle to recruit that position. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I also think that the scheme, uh, you know, and uh, I think we also are going to luck out this season. I, I'm really very interested to see what this kid, Gerald Willis, is going to bring to the table in the fall and how uh, Diaz uses him in his scheme. But I, I think once those 2017 kids see the scheme that they're running, and, and, and quite frankly, it has to work on the field, I think they'll be able to, to go into more kids' homes to say, hey, look at those wins on the board. Look at this big bowl game you can play in. You know, come on and commit to the U. Uh, but as it stands right now, Gary, it's – I mean <laughs> – I, I understand I'm getting it from all sides, from Ohio State fans. I'm getting it from Florida State fans. Uh, it's uh, For one of, these, one of these, you know, recruiting days, and I, I, I want to win again. I want to get back into those, uh, those top ten rankings and, and poke my chest out, you know, on February 4th when I go into work. Instead of, I work with a bunch of SEC guys, man, and they're just, it's brutal at work, man. It's brutal. <laughs> Well, hopefully, hopefully your day is coming, Kwame. Hopefully your day is you know, coming. You, you have no idea the abuse that I'm taking, Gary. It is, it's horrible. You're but not the only one. You, you can take comfort anyway. in the fact that you're not alone. I appreciate you. Keep me on hold, guys. <laughs> you got it, man. Thanks for being part of the show. As always, six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Hit the number one if you'd like to come on the show. Let's go now to the 256. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Yo, what's going on, Garrett? Oh, just chilling here. Oh, man. So last week, I was telling. So this is Juan from Alabama, man. All right, Juan. What you got? Uh, So last week, man, everybody, well, a couple of different callers was uh, complaining about Sam Bruce. And, I mean, like I said, he was trolling those other schools, man, and, you know, that's, that's probably what we're going to get out of a lot of recruits, you know, from now on. You know, I guess 
that's just something that they like to do, man. I don't know, but I'm glad we got them. And uh, well, you'll so, see. We'll let, let's let, let's let, let's see how it pans out. Oh, so what, what do you think he's gonna flip or something? No, I don't think he's gonna flip. Oh, okay. I think oh, okay. you know. I, mean, I, I I think he's got to grow up a little bit. Yeah, for sure. But uh, so. so what what do you think about uh, our chances of getting uh, Amon Richards? I think they're very he just good. Had to... So he ain't he ain't definitely Alabama after after Nick Saban showing him the rings. I don't I don't think I don't think I don't think so. I I, I think it's still a battle. I don't think it's definitive yet, but I think there's a very good chance Miami gets him. Okay. Also, uh, Tyler Bird and uh, I think his name is Romeo Finley. What do you? I mean, I know Bird's committed to us, but I mean, what do you? If you had to gauge the chances that he'll most likely sign with Miami, I mean, he's been with with Miami for months. I mean, I, I think you gotta think that they're pretty strong. But he had a relationship with Larry Scott, and Larry Scott asked him to visit visit Tennessee, and so that's what I'm worried about. Yeah, I mean, you're always worried when kids are taking visits. Especially but, since Scott's been on him, you know what I mean? I mean, he's already had a relationship with him, so it ain't like kind of how Rick is coming down here trying to, you know, in, in such a short time. You know, like, I mean, I wasn't really expecting a lot out of this class, but I expected, you know, us to get, you know, some key guys, which, I mean, it's not NSD yet, but, you know, I feel like we are, we do have some of those key guys in this class. But it's it's all about the ink on the dotted line at the end of the day, and I mean I don't know. It's, it's I'll just... be surprised if he flips. I really will. Uh, I expect. All right. What about Finley, the uh, the guy that's considering Clemson and I think it was Georgia Tech. Finley is 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 much more of an issue. Until he visits, you won't know. Has he got a visit lined up? Yeah, he's visiting this weekend. Okay. All right. So, exactly when was this schedule made, Gary? Was it made like a last year? I mean, because I'm just trying well, to figure out the teams that you're playing we, and, and and where you're playing them is, is pretty definitive and done years in advance. The only thing that's done each year is assigning the dates to the games, and they you know the conference works with TV. ESPN has a lot of say. They're you know they're looking to spread out the marquee matchups and put them on strategic weekends where they can you know give those games the proper stage, and and that's what they work on between the end of the year and and now. But uh, who you're playing and where is clear cut. Okay, I was just trying to figure out why we scheduled a a little bum cupcake like FAMU. You know why couldn't we throw a another team similar to FAU or something in there. Why it got to be somebody that's a D2? Well, FA, FAU is in there. I, mean, <laughs> I know they're in there. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, Let me tell you something. Where the, the, the place where this schedule got screwed up was when Central Florida pulled out of the game that they had contracted to play against Miami, and it was supposed to be at home, and they were supposed to have seven home games, and they couldn't find a representative opponent to to come and and just play a home game, so they they had to do a home and home with Appalachian State just to get that twelfth game. 
I'm, I mean, I was just trying to figure out, like, instead of FAMU, like, how come nobody thought to schedule somebody ECU uh, Western well, Michigan? I mean. They, they did. It was Central Florida. So they but just ducked off out of it. It was supposed to be FAMU, FAU, Central Florida, and Notre Dame. Those were supposed to be the four non-conference games this year. Okay. And, and right. Central Florida dropped out. They had to scramble to find an opponent, and they ended up picking Appalachian State. All right. So if you just, I mean, if you had to pretty much, do you think this team right now, like not including, well, obviously not including any of the recruits that we might get on National Signing Day, but just the guys that are there right now, do you feel like this team is top 25, uh, right outside the top 25? I do. If you had to rank them, where, 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 where would you oh, rank us right now? Come on, we don't even know. Like, let's see who's in the <laughs> class. Let's go through spring practice. Let's see what they look like in the spring. Let's see what the starting lineup's going to look like in the fall. And then let's make predictions. But when I look at the schedule and I look at the at the skill talent that Mark Rick's going to have to work with on offense, um, with the quarterback coming back for his third year, I mean, I'm expecting this to be a, at least a nine-win team next year. And I think anything less than that is a disappointment. So, I mean, who would you have us losing to? Because, I mean, the only, only team I'm really worried about is, is Notre Dame. I mean, I, mean, I don't I mean, really I, see nobody I mean, else. Just... It's probably the toughest out. I mean, I, and I think there's another five or six games that could go either way. Georgia Tech, Florida State, North Carolina, Virginia Tech, Pitt, um, you know, at NC State. It does, it, you know, figures to be a little dicey. You know, you're going to have at least a half a dozen games that are going to that could go either way that are going to determine where the season goes. But you know, I just think that with better coaching and a veteran quarterback coming back and decent skill players, that they should be able to win at least nine games next year. And if if Manny Diaz can work wonders with the defense, maybe they get to ten. So you hit it right there on the head, Gary. There's a lot of teams that ain't bringing back a veteran quarterback. You know, well, you like got a lot Virginia. of guys. On, you got a lot of guys on defense too that have been in games. It, you know, they're not going to be crapping their pants walking out on the field. They've been out there before. Now, maybe in Mark D'Onofrio's defense they didn't play very well, but maybe they'll play better at Manny Diaz's defense. I mean, maybe Quan Muhammad becomes a, this freakish, you know, hybrid type of guy who's rushing the quarterback, getting sacks, doing all sorts of things on the field. You know, you we just don't know yet. Yeah, I mean, I understand that. I'm just saying, like, the teams that we playing against, like, for instance, Virginia, they're not bringing back a veteran quarterback or any quarterback that, I mean, that no. really scares me. Absolutely I mean, it's that's just a, a lot of teams. NC State, Jacoby Brissett, he's gone. I mean, who, who's that guy that's the second man. string? When you got a veteran quarterback, the quality of Kaya, that's a big advantage. So we'll yeah, see what I understand happens. that. I'm agreeing with you on that. I'm just saying – the the teams that we're playing aren't bringing back this this veteran quarterback that you're speaking of. You. It's a it's a big advantage. That's why I'm saying, it, to me, there's no excuse to not win at least nine and maybe ten games. So I think we'll we might win more than that. But. All, All right, right, Gary, well, keep me on hold, man. All right, thanks for being part of the show. I'm not going to sit here and tell you they're going to be 11, 12 game winning team next year. I mean that would that would be a little psychopathic, I think. But uh, I'm not saying it couldn't happen. But if you're going to make a prediction. 
you probably got to come in in the nine or ten. Uh, and that's you know obviously assuming that things go well. Let's let's go out to the three one eight now. You're live on Kane Sport Live. What's going on, Gary? Is that Port City Kane again? Uh, of on this I'm week. sorry to disappoint him, man. I would have loved to tell him, hey, they're going to go undefeated and win 12 games, but but you'd, you'd probably have, have me considered to an insane asylum if I did that, right? No, but just as long as they're not at the Independence Bowl again, we'll all be happy, right? Just as long as they don't <laughs> come to Shreveport again, right? Uh, but, yep. hey, I just the only thing uh, I just had to say, everybody kind of a little bit disappointed that we're not faring any better with the big uglies. You know, we don't have a big – the defensive tackle types, you know, when you sit up there and look at it, we're just in such dire need to get them. Uh, and I was just wondering, back in the other, you know, when Jimmy Johnson was there, they used to some of the time convert guys. And I'm just wondering if it's such a hard proposition of getting defensive tackles and getting those guys, why don't guys get a little bit creative with the way that they recruit guys and say, hey, look, if I got a guy that I believe that I can convert this guy to being a defensive tackle. He athletic enough. He got a lot of the different things because that's the same thing they do in the NFL. In the NFL, they project a guy to a position some of the time that they want him to be with. And I know some of the time you don't have the same leverage when you're dealing with high school guys, but do could you see the coaches just saying, I can project a guy to a defensive tackle, given the fact that more than likely you're going to redshirt him anyway. I don't. I don't understand what. What, what, do you, what, what I'm saying is. What I'm saying is. Do you see them just recruiting a guy, or taking not not necessarily saying I'm going for a low level guy, but I'm saying going to a guy that has the kind of qualities that you would look for in a defensive tackle, but maybe not quite their size. And no, you can look, say, hey, look, that, I can that's get out golden in trouble. Okay, you got to stop doing that. Stop taking the Corey Kings of the world. Stop taking the Earl Moores of the world. That's what Al Golden used to do every year when he couldn't get top-shelf defensive tackles. He would just take bodies. And you know what? Your program gets no place doing that. Okay? Well, let me say they this. May have to take I know what you're lumps. saying, Gary. Yeah, they may need to take some lumps this year, okay, and, and not get everything they want and all the numbers they want and try to regroup on it next year. But the last thing that they want to do, in my opinion, and I, and I, it looks to me like Mark Rick sees it this way because we see zero evidence that they're doing that, is load this roster up with more guys that can't play. Let me say something. I'm not saying a guy that can't play. I'm saying a guy who you feel like, and I'm not saying that you, because you got 85 scholarship guys, right? It, it, all 85 of them, we know, it, it, no program pans out. Some of okay, them are just going to be good core but guys. you can't recruit like that. I'm telling you, if you want to be a team that's competing for championships year after year after year, you have to recruit like every single scholarship is a precious commodity and that you're expecting everyone that every kid that you recruit to be a starter on your football team. And, yeah, obviously they're not all going to pan out. It's never that exact of a science. But if you're not recruiting like that, you're going to be in, in trouble, and you're never going to get to the okay. promised land. Okay, okay. And I and I, I feel the way you feel. Uh, about I, and, and that's the way I felt about a lot of things, you know, about the same thing that you said about Coach Golden that there were too many flies being taken. It was absolutely, oh God. you know, because they were I just mean, taking flies. I mean, the attrition in his years, four and a half years as coach, is the biggest joke I've ever mm. seen. I mean, it's ridiculous. 
Yeah, it was. And I then mean, I think another thing. Forget about Nevin Shapiro and the cloud and all that BS. I mean, the real probation that this program was on was all the damn players that got booted out of the program or that left the program because they weren't good enough or got in trouble. Uh, they didn't do a good enough job screening the recruits they were going after. I mean, that was the real probation. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, the, my my second question is is uh, about Williams. You know, we've talked a lot about Amon Richards, but what are I, you you said it before. But I mean, if you had to just gauge it, if you had to gauge it, what percentage do you say? Do you think it's a fifty-fifty? Is a coin flip, or do you yeah, think that we kind of you got a fifty-fifty? Information we have. Okay. Georgia's in their battling, okay? They are. They want them to. They're in their battling. Um, it, it's probably, I think, 50-50 would be the, the most accurate way to assess that one right now. Okay, and my final question, I'm off the phone. If you're saying, how many people are you saying, you saying that this class will be around by 22? Would you say it, it would be, be around like 22? To like 20. 20. If you, if, if, if with the numbers that we have, if we had to get 20 guys and those were the only 20 guys, which would be the other six guys that you would feel like would would make this class to you? Well, I think the final uh, six are going to be. All right. Um, final I, six. I, yeah, I would say uh, the receivers, especially Davis, Rendricus Davis, Amon Richards, mm-hmm. um, and then I think they'll get maybe one other guy there. That would be three. Um, mm-hmm. I think the tight end, Giovanni Haskins, that would be four. I think they will find mm-hmm. themselves an offensive lineman. That would be five. Uh, and maybe, uh, let's see, I mean, maybe one defense, one of the defensive linemen would be six. And then mm-hmm. uh, maybe one or, one or two of the DBs. So that would take you 22. Mm-hmm. You know, so what? Twenty to twenty to twenty-two. Okay, then that's great. Hey, uh, put me on hold, and I look forward to talking to you again next week. You got it, man. Thanks for being part of the show. Okay. Let's go to the eight one three now. You are now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing this evening? I'm doing good, Gary. I finally got on. <laughs> got on. Who's this? Hey, uh, this is uh, Andre from Tampa. What's up, Andre? And, How you doing? Uh, tonight? I'm doing good, man. Uh, I, I mean, I I kind of agree with you on the defensive tackles and and disagree with. I mean, when, when to me is you may have a two star defensive tackle that might be that diamond and rough that you might need. I'm not saying go get lined up with the I mean two star tackles or one star. But when I look at, like you say, you brought Coach Cool in, who then wasn't loaded at Missouri, uh, playing in the SEC with five-star defensive tackle, four-star. He had lower-star defensive tackles that he was developing to play in the SEC. And and, and when I look at, like, I mean, us down here in South Florida and, and Florida here, like you said, we don't have them – Big uglies like Georgia, uh, Texas, and Oklahoma, or something like that. We don't have it. I, I looked up from the roster. Georgia have a lot of defensive tackles, uh, and for some reason we're not even 
recruiting some of them that are maybe two and three star defensive tackles um, that we might be able to pull from Georgia area. So, uh, what do you think about that? I think that Mark Richt and his staff evaluated every defensive lineman in the state of Georgia, and they know who the good <laughs> players are. They knew they know who the guys they should be recruiting are, and if they're not recruiting them, it means they're either committed to somebody else and they're not going to switch, or maybe they're not as good as some people think they are. Okay. So, pretty much right now, I mean, because uh, you know, I try to look for 2017 defensive tackles. Is there some big defensive tackle you can see down here in South Florida that you might say that guy gonna be pretty good next year? That Miami need to really jump on in the 2017 class, like a defensive tackles that you can see as a four or five star that might will choose Miami if Miami really jump on them. Um, at the moment, uh, I can't I can't say that that we've identified that. No, I mean I, I think. There's a lot of good players throughout South Florida in 2017, but a dominant defensive tackle, not sure about that one. Yeah, yeah that's the problem. We, we, we well, there's very rarely too. are those kind of guys down, for whatever reason. There very rarely are those kind of guys. So, Every now and then you well, get a Vince Wolf that pops up, but... Very, very rarely. Yeah, you know that's. that's I can't tell you why. That, and that's why I think that's why it's hurting Miami now because you, you get, I mean, like I say, uh, you, you get Coach Rich looking at, I mean, yeah, when he was in Georgia, and I think that's where he go see the big difference when he was in Georgia. He could get them big top defensive tackles and defensive ends. Now he come down here, he really got to say, okay, I got to go. I got to go another state and really hit it hard and convince the defensive tackles and defensive ends that's four and five stars that you could come down to Miami and play. I mean, I, we could win 10 or 11 games. It's still going to be hard, I believe, to pull them guys out when you have a Georgia there, you have an Alabama over there, then you got LSU. Just, they just, everybody, it doesn't matter if they got eight deep, nine deep. They just want to go there and just be in that 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 deep core of defensive tackles. So you know, uh, that's how I feel about things. You know, I love Miami, but we we, we got sometimes I think we may have to pull them two stars just to you know see if we could develop them. And I know Al Golden did it, you know, but but you know I think they were just in the wrong scheme, you know. So that's how I feel about it. So. I appreciate you putting me on gear. Just put me on hold for the rest of the minutes. All righty. Yeah, you know, um, just before I let you go, I mean, I, I'm going down the, the, the list that we have of, of 2017 recruits, and, I mean, there just really uh-huh. is not there, – there there is not that <laughs> dominant defensive lineman anywhere on the radar screen from South Florida. Just just, just not, not. Not from Data Broward. I mean, you yeah. – you know, you got to you got to dig really deep. I mean, the, the, you know, there's a couple that that could develop, but I don't I don't see one right now. So uh, okay. they're gonna have to go get their defensive lineman as usual from outside of South Florida. All right, man. Hey, thank yeah. you for being yeah. part of the show. Give, give us a call next time. Let's go now to the two four zero. You're live on Kane Sport Live. 
What's going on, Gary? This is D Black. What's up, D Black? How you doing this week? I'm all right. You know, just getting getting shoveled out for all this snow we got up here. Uh, past weekend. Um, yeah, I was on a message board and somebody was asking a question about Anthony McFarland from DeMatha up here. Um, the, <clears throat> the young man can fly. He can boogie. He can definitely do it. So if we're if we're recruiting him as a running back next year, that'd be that'd be a um, that'd be a good look because a young man can definitely go. He's a versatile. He can run in between the tackles. Got the speed to hit hit make you know basically a home run hit hitter, and he can catch the ball. So I mean he, he's battle tested. Like I said, Dematha they beat the brakes off of Central that came up here from South Florida, and he went down and, and beat Mike Rump's team playing uh, American Heritage. So he's definitely battle-tested, and he, he definitely can tote that mail. So that would be a good addition for us. Um, I'm happy to see – well, I guess I uh, – I can say I'm happy to see, but he was already committed. But just, I guess, we reform his commitment to Miami, and that's Sam Bruce. And I kind of feel how you feel, Gary about just need to grow up just a little bit, you know, just, yeah, just, just grow up a little like bit. I didn't like the last couple months of his recruitment. I, I it, you know, I was kind of disappointed in Sam, you know. And my thing is, he, yeah, he should have been better than that. You know, he really exactly. should have been better than that. I mean, it starts out, you like, know, he gets in trouble at St. Thomas at the end of his senior year, ends up being suspended I mean, for games. I mean, come on, man. It's like he, he – this is a kid that's – I mean, he should have been better than that, you know. Yeah, and he, you know, then we then this whole circus with recruiting and trying to create suspense after he's been committed to Miami for months. I mean, right. it, it just to me, it just was not necessary. Yeah, my thing is, he was he he was supposed to be, or he should have been, the Duke Johnson of this recruiting class. Correct. You know. And where we're not exactly, you know exactly what that means. Why you're supposed to get out and start recruiting other players that you want to come here and play with you, you know, just like he sent the text right. out to Amal Richards and asking him, "What you gonna do, bro?" He should have been should have he should have been doing that months ago. Months ago to help to help try to solidify the class or get some more studs in the class with him. You know, when you got a a special breed like that, a high profile. A player that's committed, he has to now turn to one of the best recruiters for the program, and that's just moving forward. Whoever's going to be that that Sam Bruce or that Duke Johnson next year, whoever it may be, then they need to do what Duke did and recruit other players to the program. Um, it'll be cool if we can get all those all these receivers that we're that we're targeting. That that'll definitely be a good look. That that'll set that. That has set that position up for a couple of years to come. Um, the D tackle spot, I, I, I don't know, Gary. I guess we just got this this plague, like we just cursed. We can't get D tackles for some for some odd reason. But I think I think the 2017 class has changed. I think we'll get some D tackles in here if we don't surprise and get a couple in this recruiting class. Some people that. Not that's not even y'all, you, you guys radar. So you know, just uh, keep my ear to the streets, man, and just hope for the best. Come next week, Gary. That's all I got for tonight, man. Just keep me on hold, all right.
it's going to be an interesting signing day, no doubt about it. So, yeah, give us a call next week, D Black. Good talking to you, as always. Let's go to the 678. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, what's going on, man? Doing good. Who's this? This is Zeke in Atlanta. What's up, man? What you got? Nah, man, just trying to figure it out. Hey, Gary, my question is uh, let me ask you this, and I, maybe I'm dismissed it. Is Diaz out recruiting? Because I don't never hear his name. You know yes, I mean? he is. Coaches are at, He's he been out, out there. there yeah, but uh, as the court, as uh, you know, you got to remember uh, he's the defensive coordinator and he's the linebacker coach. Now they're all set at linebacker. The three linebackers they're taking in the class are already in school, so he's supporting the other coaches. Okay, I I was just curious, you know. If, yeah, that's why. The, the yeah, defensive coach or, or whatever. I mean, Mark Rick, the head coach, but he's out there, so. That's, and that's what that was my whole thing, just trying to figure it out. Uh, man, I had a slew of questions, man, but I just I didn't went on the blank actually, man. So uh, I'm not gonna hold you up, Gary. I just really want to know was he really out there on the recruiting trail? Like I said, you hear everybody else, but I didn't hear much about him. Man. Yeah, he has. All right, thanks for being part of the show. Let's go now to the eight six three. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hello. Hello. Yeah, go I ahead. Can hear him? Yeah, go ahead. All right, yeah. I just um, who's this? I just got a. I, yeah, this 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 uh, Livingston. Um, I just got a question. I, not a question. I just I think it's more a comment than a question. Um, uh, uh, this talk about defensive tackles and defensive linemen, and uh, well, actually, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna get back to that. I I, I want to first get to. Um, I was. You know, and I think I've said this a couple of times as far as um, when I come on here. Um, but I think our fans, as fans, we need to be a, little, a lot more patient. I mean, Mark Rick was hired in December, and his coaching staff was put together in January. And we over here complaining about, Oh, he ain't getting you know the recruits we thought he should get. Or this I don't think that. anybody's like, complaining. I I haven't heard anybody complaining. They're not complaining. Yes, Nobody's complaining. People have been complaining. Maybe you you ain't you ain't seen it that way, but it's been complaining. Where do you see people complaining? I don't see people complaining. It's complaining. It's complaining when you're when you're when you're, when you're saying, oh, he's not getting. You know, we should be getting this, or we should be getting that, or we should. That's complaining. I don't hear anybody saying that. Where are you? You haven't heard anybody say that. There's not one caller that said that tonight. I think okay. people understand. I mean, the, the, this is a three-week recruiting effort. You're not going to – I mean, the chances of going out and getting a top defensive lineman out there in the country in three weeks, I mean, that's almost impossible. Exactly. Exactly. If they pull, and, if they pull this kid out of Duncanville, Texas, you know, that that's a win, man. I mean, you, you're just not going to get those kids like this. And I think any kid we get, any kid we get that Al Golden was not previously recruiting is a bonus because our coaching staff right now, are they behind the eight ball. You know what I'm no saying? They're behind the, Yeah, so any recruit that we get, even though, yes, true enough, some of some of the recruits that we're going after are probably recruits that they, they were recruiting when they were at their previous schools, um, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's new to them as far as them coming to Miami. You know, you know, it, it, a lot of these recruits don't just um, build a relationship with just one player. I mean, I'm sorry, not with one coach. 
You know what I'm saying? It's 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 a coaching staff that they it's the school that they build in a relationship with. So if we get a kid to commit to us, you know, in in, in a month's time or like you said, a three weeks time, I think it's a bonus. And we got a pretty decent class. When you look at the class that we got now, it's a pretty decent class. It's not horrible. Yes, we do need defense and linemen. Because um, you can't, I, I don't think you can go in a recruiting cycle with, with no defense, defense alignment and no offensive line. You know, you got to get the, you know, you got to get those recruits from the trenches. But, but at the same time, you know, I, I still think the class is 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 pretty decent. You know, and yeah, then, I think they're going to pull. I think they're going to pull an offensive lineman here somewhere. I do. We got a couple we're looking into tonight, and hopefully okay. by tomorrow we'll have something for you guys on the website. Uh, and and in my, the other, you know, to me. When I look at our roster, I just think I don't know why people, you know, they think maybe our golden over, you know, I, I hate to keep bringing his name back because he's not even uh, our coach anymore. But maybe they did a horrible job recruiting defensive linemen. But then when you look at it, um, Norton is a to me is a is a baller, and with um, Coach Cool coming in, I think he's going to get him. He's going to be, become a monster in my opinion. And then you have. Um, I can't think of everybody's name off the top of my head. Um, Darryl Willis, that Anthony Moten should be a better player Darryl next Moten. year. Yes. I mean, That's you know, you, you have some hope. You have some hope. Exactly. So, Chad Thomas should become a better player. Quan Muhammad should become a better player. And and to be honest with you, I don't think our staff, I think they kind of know that they, we do have some talent on that D-line. And we just need to coach them up. I think they understand that, and that's why I don't think they're in a panic mode to get defensive tackles. I don't. I I could be wrong. Listen, the worst thing they could have done, and I couldn't, as I sit back and analyze it, I couldn't commend them more for not doing what Al Golden did, which is just grab guys here at the end who don't belong in the program and weighing down your roster with guys that can't play. They're not doing that. Exactly. Exactly, and and for and, and I'm glad that some of those recruits that we did get committed, um, that were Miami caliber recruits, um, they they, they told they, me you know what y'all might y'all might want to look at you. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they needed to do. Those guys never should have been in the Miami recruiting class. Yep. Now I do disagree with you. You say that nobody was um, complaining, but I do think, and not just not just in the calls. I'm talking about in the message boards and everything. <clears throat> it's, it's, I hear a lot of complaining, you know. No. So you, there's you don't agree. Couple, but and there, there's no foundation to complain about anything right now. And sometimes, and to be honest with you, sometimes I be I ask myself, are these really hurricane fans? I really yeah. ask myself that that question sometimes. Uh-huh. I really do. They are. Just you some know, of them aren't as edu- educated <laughs> as others. That's all. But that's all right. That's yeah. what we're here for. We're here to try to help everybody be educated. So we're doing our best. All right, man, you got right, anything else? Much. I want to probably get a bunch of guys on. You got anything else for us? No, that's it. Keep me on hold. Thank you. You got it, man. Thanks for being part of the show. Let's go back out now to the 305. You are live on King Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Hey, what's up, Gary? Uh, this is Tony. Uh, I was calling, man. Um, the call is making a lot of great points tonight. Um, and I, I wanted to touch on what you were saying earlier about the stadium situation. To me, that is the biggest issue. Uh, I don't understand it. Every you know, I, I go to a lot of games, and you know, my kids and my my fiance, we ask ourselves like, why is this so much space? Like we had, if we at the top, 
we see all these NPCs down there, and it's like they got to do better than that. I mean, that's the that's the bread and the butter of the program right now. You gotta you gotta be attractive to a, a young man's family, and you don't want that. Like it's bad enough we we be on national TV and people always want to put our pictures up and you know things like that. I just think um, Blake need to address that, and I hope that you be able to you know just bring to his attention like you know if they gonna. You know, uh, what you said, uh... Just reassign those. The, the, yeah. Reassign the upper end zones. Yeah. I mean, and I agree with you 1,000%. But I had another question for you, Gary. And um, this thing here uh, with, with not taking a, a low-level talent into the program, I agree with you on that. But, um, you know, Coach Cool, looking at his resume, he had a lot of couple of two-stars on his uh, roster. So I'm not saying we go get one. But I think, you know, with the conditioning staff that we put together, what you think about the guy um, from American Heritage, uh, DiCarlo Hamilton, the D tackle for them? He's 6'4", 300 right now. You know, he's a prospect, but right now I don't feel there's an elite defensive line prospect in South Florida. Yeah, and I agree with you, Gary, but this is the thing. Right now, this is what we're bringing back. We got Gerald Willis. We got Anthony Moe. We got Cortell Jenkins. We got Richard McIntosh. You got to believe them guys that I just named, they could play They could play the nose and a D-tackle position for us. Yeah, so, let's see how they develop. But, but you're exactly. just asking me about recruiting. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm about to get to. But if we were to recruit one guy like that, DeCarlo Hamilton, you know, uh, from American Heritage, how you think about uh, what you think about if they was a the red shirt the guy and develop him? You don't think he'll he'll flourish under uh, coach? I don't have I don't know I don't, I don't have I can't I don't have an opinion on that right now. I mean, let's see how he develops the rest of this year in spring practice. Let's see, uh, you know, where he ends up being rated. We'll see him at the rivals camps and stuff and get an evaluation on him. Let's see how he you know goes through the the recruiting process and everything, and and how he stacks up. But right now. Do I think he's elite? No. Okay. Well, there's um, a lot of guys out there that they're going after. Yeah, man. Um, I'm loving Mark Rick, man. I I have no complaints as a fan. I don't got season tickets for me and my kids and my, my my girl. I'm just waiting for the season, man. Looking at that schedule today, um, I like how they started off with Cupcake. Now, whether anybody else do, you got to realize these guys gonna be in a new system. It yeah, might be flying that. around the ball. Yeah, they need that. They need the they need to walk into the schedule, and um, yep, no I believe doubt. that'll be perfect for them. And and then the first game after them cupcakes is Georgia Tech. You need them yep. cupcake games, and um, cause uh, that by then we should know where our D line stands. So I'm gonna just put me on hold, Gary. Man, I love the show, man. You got it. Thanks for being part of it, and thanks for listening. Let's go to the two zero two. You're live on Kane Sport Live. What's going on, Gary? This is Dustin DC. Hey, what's up, man? What you got? Not not much. Um, I just wanted to uh, uh, touch, touch a couple of topics. Um, um, I want to start by first. Uh, one of the callers um was talking about you know you know Rump's uh impact and uh you know who he can deliver. But you got to understand, we're we're Miami Hurricane fans. These kids aren't. And I I had a lot of I I, I see a lot of people saying that oh Miami's my dream school or oh, oh, I grew up a Hurricane fan, but they didn't grow up Hurricane fans like we did. You know, or, or like we are, you know, it's, it's totally different because they can go 
to another organization or institution, and, you know, we're diehards. They grew up fans, but they obviously aren't diehards. Diehards are Duke Johnson. You know, that's a diehard. You know what I mean? Miami's stale right now. And everybody wants Mark Rickett to come and make turn water into wine, but what, what we've got to understand is they haven't seen the product at Miami. They've seen it at Georgia. He's not bringing his staff from Georgia down here. He has a whole new staff. Miami, as a as a uh, athletic program, football wise, has not thrived in years. So you got to understand these kids are sixteen, seventeen. They're looking on TV, and they you know they they seeing they seeing people walk away with, with, with thousands of dollars from Ole Miss, and they seeing Clemson going to the championship game, and they don't want to come somewhere where we've only won you know six and, and, and eight games the past couple of years. You know why, why would they? Why would they take that hit? So, in my opinion, I feel like we got to give Mark Rick the year. Winning cures everything. Once he wins, then, you know, he can he can pretty much go how he wants to go about it. But he has to win, and he, you have to give him a year to see the product. These kids don't know Manny Diaz like, you know, like, for instance, i give you an example. Urban Lion came to Ohio State. They had one down year, and that's because they fired Trestle, you know, with, with little time left. But you knew that Ohio State was a contender and a player, and he never had any, any issues. I don't think Nick Saban recruited as as well um, in his first his very first class when he first got the job. I don't think he recruited as well as he did, you know, the following year. So we got to give it some time. Um, the next thing was uh, the O line, right? We were we were doing zone block schemes with unathletic offensive linemen, and we we were made to look worse than we really were. Um, Coley's feel for the for the uh, play calling um, affected it. Um, Art Kehoe, love him to death. You know, that hard came, but Kehoe contributed to the uh, the greatness of the program, but he also contributed to the downfall of the program. When we struggle, usually it started up front with the offensive line, usually. And he's not necessarily the greatest offensive line coach. He's uh, accomplished, he's tenured, but he's not the greatest coach. Now we're switching to power. We have uh, Coach Saros on the O-line. And with this new strip and conditioning program, you never know how this O-line can turn out. Some guys are lost causes, but... You never really know how you know how it could turn out. Um, it, you know, we we could end up being pretty good or serviceable, whatever you want to call it. But I know we'll be much better blocking power with the new strength and conditioning staff versus doing this zone stuff. You got, you know, you got Alex Gall or, or, or uh, what's my man name? Uh, Isadora trying to go out, you know, tap the nose and reach block on Terrence Smith at at, at Florida State, right? Well, he is two hundred and twenty pounds. All he does is get hit him with a move, move out of the way, and, and goes and kills Joseph Yerby. You know what I mean? But if you run in power, things change. Um, the second thing was, I mean, well, not the second thing, but the, my last thing was with Wims. Wims has to be out of his mind if he goes to Georgia. And I say this because you got two years left. You're going to mess with a freshman quarterback and a defensive-minded head coach with an offensive coordinator that wants to run the football and James Coley as your wide receiver coach, okay? On the contrast, you have Mark Rick calling plays. Now, he hasn't done it in a while, but you know his success. He had more success calling plays than Jim Chaney or, or James Coley. So yeah, you no have him calling it. plays. It got him the, his ability as a play caller got him the Georgia job. Exactly. You have Ron Dugans. You know, Ron Dugans is an accomplished wide receiver coach. And – you know, your your head coach is your old coordinator. Since you have two years left, you got Ron Dugan sitting there. Then you got Brad Kaya. If he goes to Georgia, that doesn't scream anything other than, uh, you know, other than money bag or SEC. 
because it just it, it you're from Miami, it, it doesn't it doesn't make sense to go there. But a lot of these kids, they got to see the product on the field. They got to get a feel for what we're really trying to do. They got to see Diaz go to work. You know, you got like a like a, one of the callers was talking about why we aren't going at Jamel uh, uh, Jamel Cook or this guy, that guy. Those guys don't want to come to Miami. They don't. And what we got to understand is Miami is in a is in a bad situation. They're in a good place geographically, but they're in a bad situation right now. That's the games are played because you have a really talent rich area and the 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 most uh you know the, the closest program to these to these kids has been down for ten years. Okay, now in two thousand one, two, three, four, these kids wouldn't play games with Miami like this because Miami had leverage. Right now we don't have any leverage, and these these other schools hit Miami extremely hard because they know they got a chance because no one, if they, the kids that are in love with Miami, they they don't play around, and it's and it's and it's very few of them, and and you know it automatically. You know, Louisville came at Duke Johnson hard. No, thank you. I'm a cane. How many other kids did that? To my knowledge, it was Duke. I think Eric Flowers. Uh, I, I, I guess you could say Philip Dorsett. You, you know what I mean? But it doesn't happen often. So just give these guys a chance. The D-tackle thing, we'll get it solved once they see us attacking on the field. Um, you know, you've you got to put a product that attracts these guys because these guys are getting offered so many different things uh, from, from various coaches, like you said, street agents. So the only way Miami can sweeten the bill is by putting a good product on the field and winning games, and hopefully we get back to that. And um, with that being said, Gary, just keep me on hold, and, uh, and I enjoyed the show. You got it, man. Thanks for being part of it. Let's go to the 973. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Thanks for getting me on, Gary. Appreciate it. Um, no sweat. That, that Who's was, this? That, it's Ross in Jersey. All right, Ross, talk that, to us. Go ahead. That last caller said a lot of things that I agree with, man. He, um, he was going on, and I agree with it. Hey, um, I'm just going to touch on the wide receiver position. Uh, and, and, and what do you think with Sam making a commitment or recommitment to us? Do you think who do you think that was going to who do you think that's going to scare off? Do you think it's going to scare off Williams? Do you think it's going to scare off the um, no, kids? It shouldn't scare off anybody. He was already on the commitment list. It was yeah, a non event. Listen, Ross, the, as as... to us it was a non event. We we threw a story up. We said he reaffirmed this commit whatever. Uh, the only thing could have done that was gonna be an event was if he had switched away from Miami. He's been committed for months. Because maybe those a couple of these guys was interested because they heard that he was wavering and no, he might not no, get in the class. Not. No, they Ross, they need receivers. They, oh, we do. They, I mean, no, 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 we do, I mean, and that's why. They, I, gonna take six if they can get them. I wouldn't be shocked if what, they took seven. We need to. We need to take as much as possible, and that's why I was on. Um, that's why I opened up the question, and with that, because. We need as much as possible. Maybe we're going to redshirt a few guys, but we need guys that's going to be able to come in and be impact players. Um, switch over to um, to Bird real quick. Um, yeah, he's taking a, a trip to Tennessee, but I, I hope he keep in mind and somebody need to let him know that um, if he makes that commitment, his coach won't be there. His coach is going to be in a hot seat next year, number one, and that staff and that coaching staff won't be there after next year. They, those guys are going to get fired. Um, you know, you, you never know. They can wave a magic wand and something crazy may happen where they might be winning some games. But they won't win enough game in the SEC next year to, to keep their jobs. So if that's a commitment he wants to make and, and follow Scott, then those guys will be out of a job in a year. That's just my opinion on that. All right, fair enough. You got anything else tonight? Yeah, quickly. Um, 
what is the situation next year? Well, you know, like last year and the last couple of years, we, we had restrictions on kids in the regular season and how they could visit. And then we only could bring in like a whole batch of kids. Yeah, I think know, that's over. I, I think all those things are over. I think everything's back to normal. Yeah, okay. And um, also you were talking about the season arrangement at the stadium. Do you think that's more the uh, the stadium owners, whoever is really putting the pressure on the, the no. administration staff? No, it, it's it's creating different layers of donations is what it is. But I'm just okay. saying I'm saying by doing so you're hurting the program so severely by making the stadium look like that that it's it's it, just it's fools. Uh, they, they are it, and it, it's, it's you it, know every time it, they it, open it, the game. Some, I don't care if it means a million dollars, whatever. The the difference between that recruit that's sitting out in Texas or Louisiana or whatever who's watching Miami on TV and seeing all those empty seats and and seeing uh, uh, seating areas that are packed with people, it might make the difference on a recruit that might be a, a difference maker between you winning yeah, it's a major, it's, and it's not. A, it's a major. It's a major. It's a big deal. It's, it's, it's yeah, a, I don't it's care if it means deal. another million dollars in in in, in the bank. Because yeah, you created is, the next level and you've got a few hundred people sitting in the upper deck end zone, you know you, you can't so do that it. That stuff is being done for selfish reasons, man. Well, you know that's just something we have to. Um, it's being done for I guess we have to. Reasons. It's. Uh, I mean, they're doing it for business reasons. I mean, they're 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 doing it because they're getting people who sit in those sideline areas to donate money, and and they donate more money than the people that sit in the upper deck end zone. But my point is, is that extra money that you're potentially raising with all those it's empty seats. It's making us look bad. Well, you have all those empty seats around those people. It just doesn't make well, any sense. Well, what we need to do, what we need to do is, is we can regain leverage on that if we start winning. Um, let's let these Okay, but, um, but here's what I'm saying. I'm saying move those okay. damn people out of those upper deck end I zones. I agree. Tarp, tarp those areas like you used to, and when you need to open them up because you're selling so many tickets because your program is so successful, deal with it then. But but don't consider those part of your season ticket offering. I agree. I, you know when 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 the game is about to come on and they turn to the game or it's like they show that it's five minutes before the game or three minutes before the game and they show the stadium. I ain't gonna lie to you, Gary. I'm embarrassed. I'm it's embarrassed. And, and I got the, I got you. You got a base. Ten minutes from the stadium, there's always going to be a blimp in the air, okay? There is going to be a blimp at every single game that you play, okay? You know that. <laughs> so, exactly. I, I and the networks play to that. They, they, they play to that, and it just continues to make us look bad. But I, I, I want to get a couple. They're playing to it. They, they, they have the blimp, and they have the camera in the blimp. Yeah, I know it's it's embarrassing. Trust me, I, I have to deal with some of my buddies and people that I know, and they um, they take still pictures and they send it to me, and I got to deal with. It. I have no answers for them. I, as a fan, I just got to deal with. It. I'm a diehard, and I just got to keep dealing with it. Hopefully, it change one day. But um, uh, a couple more things uh, on the D tackles. Uh, I fully agree with one of the callers. I was thinking that before I, um, you took my call. I think if we need to get a couple guys just to perform, to perform really well next year, I think that would turn some eyes you know, across the nation as far as this guy cool going out and recruiting. We just got to get a couple of our guys, a couple of our guys to show that the defensive line could play. And if we could play and play well, that would help as far as going into the South and be able to recruit those guys. And those are the, and those are the, those are the, that's the thing I think that needs to happen. Also, what do you, what's your take on um, some of the guys that they dropped out the class? Well, you in agreement with, the, with dropping the kid Wiggins? How Absolutely. do you feel about some of the guys? Everybody they dropped I was in agreement with. They okay, needed to drop those guys. 
it's been a major talk, uh, you know, about, you know, they they weren't loyal and, and all this other stuff. And I'm like, ah, right, come on. If they say, if they're dropping these guys, there's a reason why they're dropping them, you know. So that means they just wasn't um, up to par. And and we, we it's a new day, and we're going with guys that we feel is going to help program. Okay, so um, that's 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 all I have. I think I think the guy that the JUCO wide receivers, I agree, they make a major mistake if he go play with a guy that's going to be a first year quarterback compared to a veteran quarterback and a veteran play caller. You know, we need that kid. We need a kid like that to come in and be able to impact right away. You know, so yeah. hopefully we, we we do our job and and get him. Uh, that's it for me. I just want to get a couple. All right, Ross. In and I was, yeah, let, let a few more guys get on tonight. Thanks for being All part right, of the show as always. And we'll uh, we'll talk to you next Tuesday night. Uh, let's go to the 484 now. 484, you're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's going on, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? Hey, it's Philly. All right, Philly. Go ahead, man. You're on. Talk to us. Hey, that's what, real quick, uh, I'm going to get into the whole um, de-tackle issue because, I mean, I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm kind of on board with who they're targeting, and I feel they'll target more guys next year because I think the guys um, that fit the scheme or ones they're targeting, and guys that like don't fit the scheme, they're not really you know trying to go after. Like I think some of the guys that are in Georgia, um, some of the callers thought we should have went after them. Like I guess Derek Brown or even the um, the Georgia commit. The, uh, I forgot his name, but like the big dude who kind of um, went downhill like in the All Star game and stuff like that. But anyway, I want to talk to you about the 2017. We haven't got 2015 class out of the way yet, but I want to talk to you about. 2017, and, like, what are some, like, um, names or some, like, have the staff started targeting some guys or some names that were jumping out, like um, like uh, Jerry Judy or even, like, um, Trevon Grimes from uh, St. Thomas and Buenos. I, I, I think it's pretty like, safe um, to say they're trying to recruit those two kids. <laughs> You're probably talking about the two top players uh, next year in South Florida. Them and, them and Stanford yeah. Samuels from Flanagan, but Stanford Samuels from Flanagan, he's not coming to Miami. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, Grimes, hey, was he like leading to like Florida State? Yeah, probably. But you know, Grimes and oh. Judy to me are probably going to be the two best. I, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, you know, they're they're coming from behind on both. Ohio State's got the insight on Grimes. I think Alabama's got the inside track right now on Judy. So uh, we'll see. We will what see. about uh, as well? What, you know what about uh, like Cyrus Fagan? I like Daytona Beach. I, I don't have anything there. I, yeah, it's, it's okay. And just, we're, we're, we'll get we'll dive hard into 2017 after signing day. All right, and just, and just one one last guy, and I, I mean, you know, you can just let me go. Um, you hear anything about like uh, the, the tackle from um, Orlando, Calvin Ashley, committed to Auburn? No, I don't think I don't think there's anything going on there. Oh, okay. All right, man. All right. Thanks for being part of the show. Give us a call next time. Let's go to the 770. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. How you doing tonight? Doing good. Who's this? This is the PC from the ATL. How's it going? All right, right, man. Talk to us quick. Yeah, I just had a a couple questions. Uh, Into some uh, last-minute recruits, like Jamel Cook. Where do we stand with him? Nowhere. Is, is he on nowhere? No. He's solid on uh, Florida State. Looks that way, yeah. I mean, there there, yeah. there was some conversation for a while, but uh, what we heard there was Miami moved on. They they weren't happy with. They felt, from what we heard, 
he was kind of jerking them around a little bit and not being definitive on whether he was really interested. And they had these other kids they were recruiting that they could get in on, and they just moved on. Okay. All right. And uh, one last thing, Garrett. Why is it that we feel like we have to settle, meaning that take one of these um, recruits that are not even worthy of Planet Mind? We don't have to well, do that anymore. Well, they're not doing anymore. that. I, I've been complimenting yeah. them all night. They're not doing that. Right, right. And I agree with what you said earlier. There's no need for us to do that anymore. That's Those Al Golden days are far beyond us. We don't have to that, do that, that anymore. If, if, if there's a D-tackle that's out there that's a two-star that they feel worthy of bringing in, okay, then that's fine. But if not, move along. We'll get one next year or maybe even the year after that. But don't settle and just bring in players that are not worthy of playing at UM. It's, it's, it's going to get us in the same situation that we're currently in, or that we were in, when Al Golden was there. We don't we don't have to do that anymore. The days have changed. We're moving on, and we're trying to get better. We're trying to improve our our uh, you know our our team and, and everything. Don't don't worry about selling for these guys that can't play. No way. Forget that. Forget yep. that. Well, that's all I'm going to say, Gary. I know you're trying to get you know some last minute callers on, so. All right, man. Thank um, you. Thanks for being part sure, of the show. No problem. We'll, we'll talk to you next time. All right, let's go to the um, 407 now. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Are you with us? Going once, twice. We'll have to get you next time. Let's go to the 954. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hello, Gary. Yes, sir. That's you. That's all right. You could call me the complainer. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Just uh, or no, the thing. No, I think it's nothing short of a miracle. Miracle that uh, we got uh, the coach. But uh, I did think he was gonna have a little more juice when he came here. You know, like I thought, just a local guy between him and Rump. I thought they might be able to get the, like four or five guys that, like the like I whether was Razul, the guy that I committed one time. Figured he's like you know right in the neighborhood. You get him. Yeah, it looked, it looked for a while from, from like Heritage, that might go you know? somewhere, but they never really got that going with him. Yeah, and no, and I also thought the rump with some of the guys from Heritage, like at Burns and maybe the tight end, maybe they could have got that guy. And how about that guy Woods from West Palm, the defensive end, like six five guy that was uh, pretty good. Never went anywhere. He was he, he was not actually. I think they were not interested in him. Oh really? He seemed like a pretty yeah. good talent, uh, though maybe like a you know diamond in the rough type of guy. But hey, another thing: Did they ever that guy from McKinsey? Uh, they used to go to Heritage. Did he ever uh, transfer to Miami or? Uh, McKenzie, no, like not. a wide receiver kid that did no. the heritage that went to no, Georgia. No, he yeah. saw that they they once once he realized that the NCAA didn't have a hardship rule anymore, he decided to stay at Georgia. Oh, okay, all right. Now, so, yeah, I'm, I'm not complaining. Just a matter, like I just thought, he, you know, these local guys right around here, right around the corner, I thought they would have a better impact on him to be able to you know, keep them home. So, uh, you know, just some four, you know, four or five guys would have made a big difference to get in the top twenty, you know. But, so that's about it. That's all I got to say. I just want to check out on a couple of those things. So uh, you're doing a great job, man. Talk all to right, you next man. Week. Yep, thanks for being part of the show. Let's go to the 757. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Well, 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 if it ain't the man, Gary, what's happening, buddy? Doing good, who's this? Uh, you, I ain't going to tell you who it is, man. 757 ain't but one. Come on, man. I've been listening two weeks. I've been at work. Ain't nobody but Kane Kane. Come on, man. You're playing. You're playing. I was just going to say, how you doing, Kane Kane? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing fine, man. I'm just waiting for this recruiting stuff to get over with, man. And 
You saw a while road. I see where them boys been working out. They look jacked, man. I need somebody to get me in shape. You're 240 pounds. I'm supposed to be 200. Get me back in shape. I'm just hey, excited, man. <laughs> so, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll work on it. I'm excited about the schedule. I just I ain't got a lot to say, man. I don't care about business. I don't care about nothing. Like I said, do the job. They, they, they went out there and spent the money. Prove it to me. I don't care about Rick, Tic Tac, whoever. I don't care about this one. I don't care about that one. Put it together make it happen. 10-11 wins, I'm sticking with it. If, it. if it don't, it ain't a bad season. But I'm just thinking it should be because uh, people putting so much on Rick. Don't put a lot on Rick. Because they do his thing. You know, the players we got there, they're going to make them better. I bet you even Alex Gall might be even better next year. He's going to shock the oh, world. Please, come means. on. Now, you, now, now you're going to shock the world, man. You think they're going to let him go? First of all, you think they might tell him to give up? He won't be worse, King Kane. won't be worse. That's what I'm saying. He can't get no worse. can't get no worse, right? Hey, I'd love, I'd love, I'd love to let you go on and on here, but I want to try to get these last couple callers on. So you, yeah, you got anything? Come on, man! I'm uh, out of here, man. Three hundred five seven five. Shout out to all my King boys. They know who they are. And uh, next time, guys, see you next Tuesday. I'm out. Peace. All right, man. They're shouting back at you. Let's go to the seven two seven. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Are you with us? Going once, twice. All right. Next time, let's go to the three hundred five. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Going once, going twice. All right, you're out. Final call of the evening. Uh, let's go to the 941. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. Who's this? Uh, this is the Mikester Kane. I'm back. How you doing, bud? Doing good, man. Take us home with something good, will you? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, just a couple questions I wanted to ask you. What do you, in your opinion, what do you think uh, – this recruit, recruiting class will uh, finish uh, top ten, maybe. If they get the no, no chance. If they get the guys that that I think they're going to get, I think they have a shot to hit the top twenty. Right now, they're okay. thirty-one. Thirty-one. Wow. Well, of course, they only have they they've got fifteen kids, right? No, they got fourteen kids. If they add fourteen, if, if, yeah, if they add Jeff James, they, that would be fifteen, uh, which, oh, okay. which is a possibility right now. But then you've got about another five, six seven guys, you know, they'll, I think they'll end up somewhere in the 20 to 22 range. So when those guys filter in, you know, maybe they got a chance to get into the top 20, but other schools are going to be adding guys too. So we'll see. Right. I gotcha. And uh, next question is, uh, what about that defensive tackle? Uh, Rasheen Gary, I think is his name from New yeah, Jersey. That, that one kind of fell apart. The, I, I, my guess is they just, they didn't feel like they had a realistic shot there, and I think they kind of like just backed out of that one, and and didn't. Oh. You know. They would have to put so much time and effort into that, and he seems pretty entrenched with Michigan, so uh, we'll see. But I, uh, you know, at this point in the game, that would have really been a long shot. Okay, okay, all right. All right. Well, uh, hey, thanks a lot. Uh, it's it's good to be back uh, after several weeks of band practice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Hey, thank, you. Right. thank you for being part of the show. Give us a call again next time. All right, I want to thank everybody for calling in tonight. Uh, I thought it was a great show. Lots of good calls, lots of good questions, lots of good conversation. I uh, want to thank our sponsor for the evening, Nuts.com. And remember, remind you that you can go on Nuts.com, place an order, use the code name Canes, and uh, get four free samples from over 50 options uh, there. Load your house up with some snack food. We will be back next Tuesday night, the night before signing day, um, with our signing day eve 
annual special that we always have where we uh, get into the nitty-gritty of the signing class. And um, looking forward to that as the 2015-16 cycle of recruiting reaches an end. So thank you again for listening, everybody. We'll see you next Tuesday night.